boy, you lot, you're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 108. On tonight's episode, the Munglings have on Grant Fetter to talk about how to paint an army quickly as opposed to doing it proper and detailed. Just like a bunch of manlings to take the quick route rather than pay attention to all the finer details. <laughs> manlings. Anyway, shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next three hours or thereabouts, we're going to do the best we can to inform, entertain, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you a dwarf champion, a converted seeker, and maybe a handsome man, I'm Chris Yu. And I'm here today. What, no uh, mystery movie thing today? You know what? There's no mystery movie thing today. There is not. I am here. And that's all that can be said at this point for today. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I'm still okay. exhausted. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I'm sorry. You know what? I just realized as I said, and I'm, that I had nothing. Like, I, had nothing, I huh? had nothing. And uh, rather than just say the first thing that came to mind, which I'm certain would be something so obscure, nobody would know what I was talking about. Uh huh. I just opted for honesty. I got nothing, but I got a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <So>. enough. <laughs> Oh my, I'm seriously like I'm like uh, I only had two of my wisdom teeth ever out and every once in a while the bottom two like they start to move or shift or push. Uh-huh. And it like I get this like weird feeling like I get a I get a stiffness in my jaw, my sinuses feel like amazingly clear so every time I breathe I'm like lightheaded. Uh I feel I'm seriously I just I feel like my skull is like bigger. Like there's a pocket of air between my brain and my skull. Like everything is just like lightheaded. I've been feeling like this for the past like three hours, and it's just like it happens every once in a while. And there's nothing I can really do about it. I don't but, even know what to say to that in response. Oh, it's it's brutal. Is it a good feeling or a bad one? It sounds it, like a bad one. You know what? When you first feel it, you feel all clear and and everything. But then you know it's it's one of those things where it. Do you ever have your nostril, your nasal passages like be so? clear that it's almost painful yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like that weird pressure that's not congestion i got that in my entire skull right now Mm. so yeah and uh i'm just i'm i'm sorry like anyone gives a crap you should check out your skull bro that's not awesome (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i (laughs) wow that's my contribution that was fantastic actually (laughs) i i don't even know where to go with that like i start running through all the Maybe I need to hit. You know what? Sometimes with that reverse pressure works. Maybe I need to hit myself between the eyes with the point of a hammer. Oh, would you do that? Then you'll start the healing hammer right away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see now. Okay, now I'm done. How did we end up in this weird place? I don't don't know, but it's just following the rest of my the rest of this day the way it's gone. You know, let's stop this. Thanks for sponsors. I'm right there ahead of you. All right. Uh, let's thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games, located in... Grays Lake, Illinois. Merce, Merce Miniatures? Either you could call it uh, Mercia or Mercia. Mercia Miniatures. Yeah, Mercia Miniatures. M-I-E-R-C-E. Mantic Games. Building Bigger Armies. 
And finally, Battlefront, protecting your army. Excellent. Kept that one short, too, because if we're going to do this whole intro backwards, might as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> might as well have a short army. Uh, and we're going to have short armies because, you know what, there's going to be three heroes in a little tiny army. So that's, you know. Well, three big heroes. Yes, three big heroes. Gigantic ones. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I got in touch. Like I said, I got in touch. I was telling you earlier with um, the guys over at Mercia Miniatures, and I asked him, and he said, you know, I said, he said, yeah, you can pronounce it Mears because that's how it's spelled, but that's like the old spelling, but the actual pronunciation is, you know, it's fr- it's supposed to be from the land of Mercia, which is, you know, from the, when, the, when you know, back when the, when, when the Angles and the Saxons and the Jutes and the Normans were all fighting for Angle land. Angle, angle land? Okay. Well, it wasn't called that until the Angles conquered it, you know? Right. But yeah, you got all the right angles. Yeah, go. great. <laughs> really, this is yeah. well. It was just keeping in theme with the this is going to turn insanity. into a dweller's cast pretty soon. We're right, going to have right. what's his name just screaming into the microphone. Yeah. Dear Lord. Okay, uh, we've gotten lots of really nice emails from people over the past couple of weeks. Like it would take me twenty minutes to read them all, and I'm not exaggerating. Like we've gotten a bunch, hmm. um, lots of. Lots of positive feedback on the um, the Nagash book coverage. Okay. Lots Good. of positive feedback. Uh, you know, Chris Tomlin especially. You know, came on the show and was really uh, was really quite a big hit. Not to say that well, Greg we'll wasn't, but yeah. um, people really. Well, Greg's a little bit under the weather, but uh, yeah, they but they both did a stellar job. Oh yeah. Greg was a trooper, but I'm just saying it was like people were surprised when they heard Tomlin only talking about Warhammer and not about you know uh-huh. male genitalia and and getting drunk. It was like wow, mm-hmm. that guy does a lot of Warhammer. <laughs> so <laughs> just got to dig down deep and get into the uh, yeah inner well, layers. Lots of speculation on characters, uh, the nameless, um, where the where the wood elves went, where where mm-hmm. the where the lizard men might be going. So, but I'm not going to get into all of it because literally, I mean, thank you to everyone who wrote in, but a lot of the stuff, I mean, the speculation stuff was cool too, but it is, it's just speculation. And uh, I'm I'm actually not even worrying about, I'll, I'll find out eventually. I yes. I'll find well, out more in about two months is my guess. Would you think the next two books will be out in the next two months? Is that what you're well, saying? No, I think I'll find out more, not everything. Oh, I see. I'm guessing they're not going to do it in December because, you know, The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So probably January or February, I think, we'll get okay. the next book is my guess. That works for me. So while we're at uh, Wapaka, we can all be giving our opinions and reactions to the latest and greatest. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but thanks for all the emails. But you know what, Chris? You know what What's we have up, besides Dave? email? Mm, I don't know. What do we have? We got voicemail. What? We have voicemail. Well, shout it out, brother. All right. Uh, 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Uh, international callers in most countries, it's 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. And speaking of international callers, we got one. International caller? Yes. Uh, we got, dude, we've gotten a, dude, the, the voicemail, like, started ringing off the chain, mm. like, October 26th. I'm just going to start, dude, we got a bunch of stuff here. I'm just going to play stuff. Yeah, I mean, we literally got, I'm looking at, 
I think about four minutes total of voicemails from different callers. So All right, let me the... get comfortable. Hey, what's up, Dave, Chris? You guys are doing an awesome job. The Nagash Review really, really helped me put in depth of what I read. Uh, helped me pinpoint things together. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Warhammer. I wanted to call anyway and say thanks, guys, for uh, hooking me up with a bunch of fantasy players. Uh, I, uh, Me and Jake here in St. Louis, uh, we uh, <clears throat> got a big group going now. Every week it seems like one more person is picking up Warhammer. Uh, the end times is really springing, just springing up bunches of people coming up to the store. We went from three or four people to now ten people in a group, and we're playing every Sunday. It's great. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm having lots of fun, and don't fail your ward safe. So that's the first one. Outstanding. Yeah, so that you know, people do. They jump on our forums, the Garage Hammer at garagehammer.net. Click the forum button. Um, and if you're a new guy, just saying where you're from, you're looking for games, dude, people respond. You know, we've been cooking up a lot of people to their gaming groups. Absolutely. We, Especially in that St. Louis area. There's yeah. a lot of activity, a lot of people popping up looking for people to connect with. So good to hear that their scene is up and running. So, um, all right, this is one of two international calls coming up next chris you ready are you ready i am ready let's do it hi there guys this is nils i'm calling all the way from uh, Copenhagen, denmark over in europe just want to say that i love your guys' show i've been listening for maybe about five months i've been listening to you guys while i've been painting my lovely dwarf army currently just painting some hammers and i just want to say keep up the good work and i can i'll keep listening also request if you guys ever want to do a strategy episode, I love hearing about strategy in Warhammer. Thank you, and uh, keep up the good work, guys. Bye. Copenhagen. Danke, Shane. Put a pin. That's, that's not I don't know. That's, that's not Denmark. That's, <laughs> what's the greeting? What's what's the Danish? Is that the I don't language? know. Copenhagen. I don't know. Give them a smoke. Doesn't it look like they, they make tobacco? I, it's wooden shoes. Jeez, oh, let's get racist now. Um, <laughs> my my knowledge of, of Denmark is very limited. So Mills, anything you could you know do to educate me would be appreciated. But, dude, Denmark, put that one in the push pin. Uh, put a pin in Denmark on our map okay. of the world for people we got calls from. Um, here and here's another international call. We've been popular this month. Another international call. Here we go. Hey, Dave, Chris. This is Mark calling you guys from Hui Hui in Northwest Argentina. I just wanted to call and thank you guys for all the work that you do with the show and for keeping me up to date with the world of Warhammer while I'm abroad. Home for me is uh, just outside of Vancouver, Canada, and I'm itching to get back and dive back into the hobby and uh, check out this Nagash thing that everybody seems to be talking about. Thanks so much for all the work that you guys do on your show. And uh, keep it up. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Mark. If I'm not mistaken, Mills and Mark were both from Canada, it sounded like, originally. Um, Mills sounded like he had a Canadian accent. I could be mistaken. I don't know. Uh, he said he was from Denmark. And he's in Argentina. Maybe he's not from Argentina. That still calls as an international call. I'm counting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A call from Argentina. Even if he does live in America, he called from Argentina. We, we? I, I've never heard of that place, have you? Hui Hui Argentina? No, dude, yeah. I've never heard of that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Come on. 
It's it's rare when I travel to Wisconsin. I mean, so right. <laughs> okay, um, these next two calls had me a little nervous, so I'll just play them. But, a little, but I, I'm thinking we could probably get away with ignoring them. But you know, some if I don't get a letter in the mail, this doesn't count. I never heard it. This is a game workshop legal. We are concerned about your book reviews uh, reaching the point where they now eliminate the need for people to buy our books. Please refrain in the future from mentioning our books, quoting our books, mentioning dice, mentioning or using the English language, thinking about using the English language. Thank you. We appreciate your cooperation. Is that a, a legal call from our friendly neighborhood lawyer, Cranky? It sounds like Cranky. I it think does. It might be Games Workshop, though. They might get mad. Well, we, we can't use the English language, though. Well, <laughs> uh, well I'm gonna. I'm, we'll have to do Morse code. That's what I say. I'm gonna just ignore it, and unless I get a letter, but then we got this like minutes later. Games Workshop legal again. In case you're wondering why we haven't left a similar message for Ohio Hammer, is that obviously, whenever Ohio Hammer talks about our products, our game system, or attempts to use the English language, it spikes sales of our books and of dictionaries everywhere. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He's insulting many uh, groups of people, and all in just two voicemails. Yes. Very much so. He's absolutely, he is absolutely insulting people, insulting and threatening and, us all in one fell swoop. Hey, he can do that. It's, That's talent. It's possible. So, so um, we got another voicemail coming. Um, That's we, falling from the sky. I, I'm telling you, it's like ridiculous. This is gonna. If, if we get any more, this is gonna have to become its own 20 minute segment. But right. all right, so voicemail podcast. No kidding. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, what's up, Chris and Dave? It's Jake from St. Louis again. Uh, hey, just wanted to say, still loving the show. Absolutely loving it. The coverage on Nagash was awesome. And I'm really looking forward to uh, the new stuff that you guys got coming out. There's a lot to talk about now with all the end times things coming out. Really looking forward to see what you guys have to say. I uh, just wanted to thank you guys for connecting me to... Uh, to a couple of the players, uh, Matt and Clay, I believe, is the two people you connected me with. Uh, they're both great guys. They're a great addition to the local scene. And, yeah, uh, really liking it. Uh, just wanted to say uh, that the last call you guys had was a little harsh. He was uh, really pushing for that What Else book review. You know, playing, you know, leave you guys a bad review on iTunes and all. Well, I'll tell you what. If he leaves you a bad review on iTunes, I'll find his iTunes and leave a bad review on his iTunes. <laughs> so you think about that before you give them a bad review on iTunes. Right. Anyways, love the show, and just want to give you guys some, an encouraging word. Uh, take it easy, and I'll trust you, you know, eventually. Thanks, Jake. Now, now, everyone, we'll get to all their book reviews in due time. No, we won't. It'll take it forever. <laughs> No, we we at well, the rate they're coming out, it'll be a while. It'll it'll be so long. It'll be five ever. Exactly. Oh, okay, five ever. Sorry, <laughs> it's longer. Wait, last Maybe. voicemail, and this is Jake from St. Louis again, mm, okay. following up the last one. And these actually just came through this afternoon. So this one came. With, oh. 
Hey, Jake from St. Louis again. I'm actually calling to talk to Jake from California. You know, Jake, uh, my the end of my message seemed a little bit mean, so I just wanted to call and say, you know, like, okay, you've got every right to leave them a bad review on iTunes, and I'm not going to leave you a bad review on iTunes. I was just kidding. Uh, but seriously, I thought your message was hilarious. Someone's got to crack the whip over these guys, right? <laughs> Anyways, roll some dice. Have some fun. Yay! So Jake from St. Louis and Jake from California are conspiring now? Yeah, so apparently... Could you call that a Jake-off? Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Two Jakes. Who, be, you know, Jake's who, going head-to-head. I don't know what you're talk, talking about. I, don't, I, I guess I don't either, but <laughs> who are you and what did you do with Chris Yu? <laughs> I don't know. So, like, that's all the voice notes. So, at first, I, I heard that first part, and he's like, hey, if you leave a better, if you want to leave, I'm like, oh, boy. And then he goes, yeah, here we go. And that's, I asked you before we started, I'm like, didn't I play the second one where he said he was just joking? You're like, yeah, I think I did. And so, then, but then he called back and said he was just joking. So, now everybody's leaving double messages. The guys mm-hmm. from G Games Workshop, God, I couldn't believe that. That was, that was, that was good. You know, you can have a, have a segment where it's a conversation of just the two Jake's voicemails going back and forth. Yeah, they just call they they, they just call and leave voicemails for each other. Like they right. don't even address us anymore. <laughs> hey Jake, it's Jake. And they and then the next episode Jake answers Jake. They got their own segment. There you go. The two Jakes. Exactly. Or it's, the Jake off, however you want to <laughs> title <laughs> Wow. It's like a face off, like in hockey. It's know? something. It is definitely something. <laughs> It's something. And oh, you know what? We're going to take a commercial break. Please, let's do that. We'll be back. Folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter... Those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. And we're back, back to the garage. Back, back, back. Back to be back. Talking some news and rumors brought to you by the Circuit City Circuit. So what is new? Blotkin. Yes, indeed. It is out. And uh, it's it's making waves. Yeah. All these books, man. Every book that comes out, it's like a, a huge bomb. 
it's really cool. It's shorter, so we'll actually be able to read it and not have to like kill ourselves to get it mm-hmm. done in time to mm-hmm. review it this year. Um, I'm looking forward to to get into that. And I actually did get a hard copy after you know kind of searching high and low for it. I was really shocked that this was a one pressing thing. Like apparently, it seems like they're only doing one pressing. And when well, it, it seems out, to me going to sell it in soft cover. Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, that, that's what I heard. But it seems to me that they, the company, stands to make more money by selling these digitally. No. Yeah, I guess so. And I guess it's still available digitally, so anyone doesn't get a hard copy. But not everybody has an iPad. I mean, and it's it's on uh, it's an iBook. Right. I thought. Yeah. So to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's that's what they're just, intending. It but. seems weird if you're going to include. You know rules for stuff that you'd want. I mean, you'd you'd want. I mean, I know that when they say we're going to print this much, so we know we're going to make exactly X amount of money because mm-hmm. they know they'll sell out, and so it's they can actually definitely say we will make. But it just seems like they're throwing away chances to make a lot more money. Mm, I don't know, maybe because if they charge the same, is it the same price retail for the i for the digital version versus the hardcover? I think the they copy? charge about the same, but I think iTunes takes like a third. Really? What that I heard. Much? That's what I heard. I don't know for certain. I heard iTunes takes like 30%, which is why like a lot of these things that sell through iTunes, they don't go super cheap on it. I bet, though, that that's probably still better than the cost of actual printing because these are really nice quality yeah. books. They're oh, not yeah. going to be cheap to produce. Oh, no. And well, like I said, once you've got the book printed, it just, you know, making a digital copy can't be that difficult. You know, it right. can't cost them that right. much to produce it digitally. And then once it's out there, it's like you don't have to make anymore once you've made the one. So Right, right. Yeah, well, I, yeah, the digital version, I think, is to their advantage in a number of ways. Once you sell it to someone, it, they can't resell it. So if someone out there wants to buy another one, they can't buy a used version. I mean, we've talked about this before, but yeah. people talk about this before. So yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's a little bit of a weird thing that you know. Mm-hmm. But but uh, I, I did hear rumblings of the third pending book. Oh, it would feature the the elves, and it would simply be called Cain. Yeah, I heard something about this too. And then finally, fourth book's going to be Archon. Oh, is that right? No, Archeon. Sorry, not oh, Archon. Archeon. Okay, Archeon. So it'll be the the wrap up of Arcan's push. Yeah. So I wonder if that fourth book then would feature if this third book is going to be all elves, the fourth one would be those races that haven't been covered. But that's such a like a, a weird assortment of races then ogres, dwarves, <laughs> you know, what's, orcs and goblins, skaven. You know what's really weird is I'm looking at this and I'm going, can they actually finish this in four books? Like. Like, it wasn't long enough with the 300-page Nagash. Uh, right. Glotkin's only 125 pages. I mean, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I don't know where this is going to go. Mm. It know? is very exciting, though, I must say, because they're, they're moving the story along, and they're introducing all these new models and, and, and developing the plot lines. I mean, it's very exciting. It is. And, it's. I mean, it's shaking things up. I mean, look at the internets, and it's like all sorts of nonsense is going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also shaking up the tournament scenes, too. Just today, I don't know if you saw Alex uh, Gonzalez yeah. announced uh, yeah. pending rules for Adepticon, and times are official, 50%, all the rest of it. Now, have you seen the argument about the Army book items? 
Uh, a little bit. I read so, through all that entire long, stupid thread on the Warhammer forums, and no offense to anyone. Oh, my God. It was just. Can so you pay, summarize it? Yeah, here it is. The Undead Legion. I'm going to just stick with Undead Legions because the Glotkin, same thing with the Chaos Legions, but Undead Legion is something I'm a little more familiar with. It says. You can pick the – there's a list of the stuff there, and you can pick the models with their equipment, options, all this other stuff from the book, from their army books, okay? So most people just assume options means the magic items too. Okay. If you go and open up your book, it says you can take any of these items, like for the VC book, it says you can take any of these items in a Vampire Count's army. In the Beastman book, it says you can take any of these items in a Beastman army. Well, if you're playing Undead Legions, you're playing an Undead Legions army, not a Vampire army. Mm. So the vampire, so you're not a Vampire Counts army, so you can't have those magic items. And since every book says that, you know, it's a Tomb King's army, you could take this for your Warriors of Chaos army. As soon as you become a, a Chaos Legion or an Undead Legion, then you're not that army, so you can't have those items that seems my initial reaction to that is that seems over lawyering things raw i suppose it's right but as soon as you start sitting there going well raw it is uh, you know i know what common sense says but raw says i mean because it says you could take the items and it didn't say yeah you can't have you know it said you could take the I mean, and hey, they could have so, so you, can, you, can take the, you can take the army and the characters and all the rest of it, but you can't take... Uh, well, you can't actually take every single thing in the army book, only the items that are listed in, right. like, Nagash. I know there's a couple of characters and things that I think got left out. So, for example, you could take um, a unit of Graveguard, but you couldn't take the Banner of the Barrows on Correct. that unit? I can take the models. I can't take the Cloak of, uh, the cloak of whatever... Uh, I can't take the Banner of the Barrows. I can't take the Black Perry app. They can't that take any of those things. That seems silly to me. It, it, it's, it's stupid. And, hey, you know what, though? I mean, that's my opinion. So that, that, It's interesting that that had come up because that sort of uh, requirement or I don't know if you call it a prerequisite or limitation, I guess is the right word, never even occurred to me. Someone brought up a great point is that the list, I think they said something in the Orc and Goblin list says you could take it with the green skins, mm-hmm. but there's no real definition of green skins. <laughs> so he said he's got one of those Orc ogre armies where he painted his ogres up like orcs, and he painted right. them green. So he's going to take Orc and Goblin items on his Orc ogres because they have green skin. They have green skin. <laughs> nice. I mean, that, it's was, just, that was paint hammered or something like that. Yeah, I tweeted no, that, right? Here's the thing. It, maybe GWFAQs it and says, nope, you can't take it. I mean, hell, I didn't think they were going to change it to 50% Lords of the Heroes. Mm-hmm. What do I know? You know? But I don't know. I mean, I'm well, taking they, stuff from the book. It is options. I mean, I know that's what it says there. But if it just had said, you know, you could take any, you could take it for any units in this book. You know, I mean, it was... Right. Did they know when they were printing these books four years ago that they were going to print these Legion books and that they were going to call it something slightly different? And that I don't know. It's I I doubt that. But it, you know, it's like I said, raw. It seems fine, uh, but I mean, I was shocked when I read in Alex's uh, stuff for Adepticon that he's not mm-hmm. allowing. 
the items out of the out of the army books. I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, that's uh, yeah." That's. I, I wonder how they came to that uh, resolution. Well, we'll see how that works out. Hey, I don't care how they rule it because honestly, I pretty only ever take one or two items from the VC book. Um, but the thing is, in terms of choice and variety, you you and for the flavor of the game, you'd want to have that choice. I would think. I would think that because uh, see, that's my uh, that's my thinking. They're giving you more options by allowing you to spread and build. They've had to adjust a few rules in the army, but mm-hmm. they're, they're, I mean, all of this, I mean, the 40K and fantasy are moving to having more choices, taking whatever you want. You know? Right. They're, so, they're opening up the books, literally. Yeah, and the other stuff that they said you couldn't take, they were usually pretty explicit about what you couldn't do or how they changed stuff. So Yeah, yeah, they usually point out, you know, you could take, you know, Undead Legions, anything from the Tomb King's army, and if they meant to say it, they would say accept magic items. Well, the thing the is, it said you could take the the, the thing it, something about I forget the exact wording, but it's like you could take them with the upgrades, equipment, options, all that. And it says he can take up to a hundred points of magic items. So, so I would think you could take items open. from that book too. Yeah, it could be anything. See, because I guess I never thought of an undead legion as a separate entity of its own. I thought of the Undead Legions is Tomb Kings and Vampire Counts put together. That's, I mean, that's, that's what, what I thought is. too. But so, I guess if people want to put a label on it then technically you could do that. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, was, I was surprised he went that way. Dude, I'm, I'm probably not playing at the championships anyway so I don't give a crap. He dropped it to 2,000. I'm, I'm definitely going to, but I don't know what all this means. All these changes, it kind of has me uh, at, a, at a standstill. I'm kind of paralyzed. Yeah, I mean it's weird. I, I I am glad about the shakeup though. I like that things that nobody knows where anything's going. I mean even today people are like, you know, we're gonna have if we're gonna be playing with four different legions and anyone could do anything, we're gonna need comp. And I'm like, hell no, we're not gonna need comp. No, it's too early for that. Just play it. Just you know, let it soak in. Play it for what it is. And I and me personally, I know a lot of people are pro Swedish comp. Their meta is really different than ours, and I mean, if you look at the Swedish comp, like I know your high elves get take a beating under Swedish comp mm-hmm. for like no reason. I mean, they're good, but they ain't that good, you know. Well, you know, it's it's whoever's written that comp; it's their personal experiences with it. That's well, see, and that's, that's the thing that's taints it, and that's why we don't like it because everyone, else, you know, it never it never makes it really balanced. And I I don't know, me personally. Hey, you know, do what you want, but that's that's why I don't like that crap. I'd rather just play, you know. And that's I think that in in our area at least, you know, I think that don't be a jerk. That pretty much became the the crown rule. Hey, play right. what you want, you know. And even here, even with people who take pretty hard lists, they don't play like jerks. They don't belittle you for if you want a suboptimal choice. Now, I mean, I don't want to go and have no fun and get my face kicked in mm-hmm. seven or eight times because I want to take something I like. And that's where our, I mean, that's that seems to be our philosophy, though. Hey, listen, we're all playing here, and you know, hey, be nice. You know, and if you don't, I mean, there's mm-hmm. tournaments where it literally says, hey, listen, we're here to have fun. Be nice. Don't be a jerk. And that pretty much is, you know, you don't have to min-max and, right. you know, uh, Raj, you know, at first I didn't quite get the whole hobby hero and real deal, but he actually said, listen, I realize some people want to really bring the filth, and 
Hey, just declare what you're going to do. Are you going to bring the filth and be the real deal, or are you going to be the hobby hero? And I'll keep you guys separated, at least for the first day, so that everyone can at least have fun. And I I, I thought that was actually, a, the more I think about it, the more I think it's a pretty good plan. Yeah, it's a pretty good plan. Yeah, that's that, that's interesting. I mean, every tournament is kind of dealing with these things differently, so yeah. it's... If anything, it's interesting to see how tournaments will, will deal with things. I think that as long as you keep different scenarios involved, I mean, not, whether they're the ones from the books or ones you modify and make up yourself, you know, modified blood and glory where you get points instead of instead of just auto winning. Or mm-hmm. right, I think the, that's the stuff that I think keeps you honest. I mean, insisting that people are going to need fortitude because you're going to throw in all these different things. What do you think of? Um... Undead legions at smaller point games because the the Adepticon Championships is now at two thousand points versus twenty four hundred. I don't quite get that. I mean, like I said, my lists don't change all that much. When mine I... doesn't, mine doesn't either. My Orc and Goblin one. Um, me and and Relian were tweeting a little bit before. Uh, he's against the change, and he he doesn't see if it makes. He doesn't think it makes any difference. If someone's going to take Nagash, they'll take him regardless. And I think that maybe Adepticon lowered it to help dissuade you from taking those super characters. It becomes because you have to have less points. Obviously, you're it's more eggs in an even bigger basket. Do you think that's the case? I don't think that's going to dissuade anybody. Look at Wapaka. Paka's always been two thousand, and people are bringing Nagash and other stuff there. Yeah, I, I mean, gotta yeah. tell you, if I want to bring Carl Franz. At 800 points, going from a 2,000 to a 2,400-point list or 24 to 2,000, if I want to bring Carl Franz, I'm going to bring Carl Franz. And I wonder, and I because that's the only people thing. people are that way. I mean. I, I think so, too. If they if they if they want to bring them, I don't think that incremental point change is going to change it. They're going to bring them. So I wonder why they made it. I can't think of any other reason why they would reduce it to 2,000. I can't either, especially if they don't cut the time of the games, you know. Right. I don't know or if or if they didn't add uh, a sixth game, but it is still only five. Yeah, it's five games. And I, I, I mean, we don't have a schedule, so I don't know if they're shortening the times. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, tomorrow night we're having a, an NW2 club night over at Grant's house. And yes, Alex actually will be there. So maybe we can corner him and beat him up and kind of pick his brain. Oh, I'm going to browbeat the hell out of him. I'm just going to give him grief all night. Cause I I'll hold him down. All right. Yeah. What are you thinking about? <laughs> no, I'm just, just curious. I'm not yeah, no, actually, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, it's his tournament. Let, hey, I am a big proponent of you do what you want at your tournament and don't let other people tell you how you have to run it. Mm. If I'm going to sit there and say you shouldn't tell people they need to run stuff geared towards prepping for a master's event, right. I'm certainly not going to tell them you got to gear it up towards an end times event you know oh, yeah not I, i'm looking forward to it it's going to be a fun tournament regardless um you know it is interesting times that we live in that's for sure yeah i mean it's it's kind of crazy it really is it's uh i i, I am excited because now you never know what you're going to see walking up to a table there's mm-hmm. uh, it could be literally anything at this point i mean yeah, you can so, go from fluff to hard as nails you can go from lists you've seen similarly before to going to these really hardcore, you know, big characters lists. I'm, you know, people are even saying that, hey, hey, look, shadow magic and big units are going to be back in, in vogue. 
Because they, they could be, yeah. That's always like the default, the safety blanket. Well, and that's the thing. If you can't, if if you have trouble defeating one of these big monsters, then feed him a really huge unit. You know, if you can. I mean, Carl Franz. If he's a flying monster like Carl, that's hard to do. It's hard to do unless you keep your stuff sort of stocked together, where he can't get to certain units, and once he gets up close enough, you just charge him with a hundred night goblins. And let him right. eat up, you know. Seriously, I mean, I'll charge him with fifty or sixty zombies. He's if, only if got you, ten if, attacks. If he lets you charge him, that's the thing. He might. He, if he doesn't want to fight that unit, it will never. That combat will never happen. True. But anyway, flee. that's all. What this is all theory here. Just, so just to get back to news and rumors, um, that yeah, that Elven book I hear about. Uh, the the rumor is, I mean, it's still early, is that the Dark Elves will, will not get any new models. And at the high elves, really get kicked in the teeth in this next book. Wah, wah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. No new models for either of them? Well, for dark elves. I don't know about high or wood. Okay, so but, first of uh, all, at the very least, you know, Marathi and, and Malekith could use some new models. And it would be uh, cool maybe, to yeah. see him on a, you know. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, the rumor that I that I read was that the high elves get kicked down so badly that they're forced to ally with uh, with the dark elves with their hated kin. So the, the so the dark elves come in and beat them until they let. So the dark elves sort of win that war. Mm, mm, maybe they they out. I don't know if they're fighting directly, which is what caused the high elves to fall. But they certainly kind of outlasted them. Oh, I see well, what you're saying. Uh, you oh, so it's mean? not direct conflict, but the high elves are getting such a beating in general, right? And they're... I'd have to think that it's in their it's both in both their best interests to to ally if if it's going to come to that. It's not just going to be one saying, "Oh, we need you." You know, it's going to be okay. We need each other. I guess so. I mean, and they, you know, heck, I know they've been fighting for a long time, but the fact is, they're you know. They're the same race. They're related. You know, times get right. this bad. You put aside your old differences. You know, you know, siblings who are squabbling will put aside their differences when the neighborhood bully shows up. Exactly. You know, exactly. So that's actually kind of exciting too. Yeah. So that's that only goes in with that whole that, theory that, that Teclis is going to totally. Yeah, Malekith, you can save us. You draw the sword of Cain and die from it. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Oh, Malekith or Tyrion? Well, maybe that's his plan. That's how he's going to save his brother. Hmm. Anyway, hey, we'll, we'll know, cross that bridge. Well, there. yeah, and there we are. And, and there we are totally just guessing and just, you know, making stuff yeah. up. So what we thought was just going to be a 30-second segment has turned into quite a big segment. So yeah. maybe we should take that commercial break. Yeah, we should. Hey, you know what? The other stuff is there's new 40K stuff coming out next week. And thank goodness. Cause oh, I know. I could use I a need break. A break. <laughs> it's like every week it's like, whoa, that's so cool. Wow, look at that. Hey, right. look at that. Wow, look at that. Okay, like, I get a week 40K. To, oh, yes. Yeah, I get a week to breathe. Okay, yeah, give them something. Just give them anything. Mm -hmm. I'm still wondering if we're going to see uh, uh, the greater demons. Oh, I haven't heard anything. It'd be I nice. Know. It would be nice. It really would. I mean, a new bloodthirster. 
a new great unclean one, please, for the love of all that's holy, get a new great yeah. unclean one. Because that little metal lump is just like, <laughs> I'm a great it's unclean slacking. one, and I'm in danger of getting stepped on by the glotkin. Right. <laughs> or a monstrous calf. I know. It's like, oh, my God, everything is bigger than them. Right. That's the uh, the Keeper of Secrets needs a massive update, too. I, I was never a fan of that kind of cow with antlers. The what? The Keeper of Secrets? Yeah, it's it's a cow face with antlers and hooves and, like, four arms. Yeah, yeah, two yeah. Two of yeah. which I think have pincers. I don't know. It's just kind of an amalgam of, like... Looks like someone had leftover parts they just glued together. Oh, and it was for a god of pleasure. That I don't see any of that in that model. Yeah. I see I the know. rot in the great unclean one. I see the rage in the corn model. Um the you know, the the two the headed Yeah, yeah. Zinch was yeah that, that makes sense too. Yeah. And then, and then there's that thing. <laughs> You're right. Right. All right. It's like, Ugh. So all right, uh, another quick break and then we'll come back with the toolbox, which is brought to you by Chaos or Superstore. Chaos or Superstore. Chaos or Chaos or Superstore. Chaos or Superstore. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We're back with the toolbox, back with the toolbox, back with the toolbox, back, 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 toolbox, back, toolbox, back, back, toolbox, back, 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 back. What was that? I don't know. We had a rhythm going, though. I'll take it. We, we did. A little acapella? Yeah. I mean, it beats it beats the, the Jake off. So. <laughs> what the hell? All right. Anyway. Let's the toolbox. Reading. Hey, did you get your book, by the way? I did, and it's gorgeous. Oh, okay. So are you reading it? Uh, I'm gearing up to it. I'm okay. I'm going back and double checking some things in the Nagash book. Oh, okay, just to kind of you know refresh my memory. Well, this one's only 125 pages with all those pages of pictures, and there's a lot of pages mm-hmm. of pictures. So this yeah, one, it's is, a gorgeous. Book. It'll be a nice, easier read. It is pretty good. It's it is a cool book so far. I've only and finished the first like 20, 30 pages. I'm only about a quarter of the way through it. So. The, the the tricky thing is I I try not to stare at the photos of the miniatures especially because they look so good that I'm I'm, I'm always tempted like oh the Glotkin and the, you know the infantry uh, ugh, just gotta keep it at arm's length. Dude, I got a Nagash and three uh, 
three uh, more Tark models to build. I, and I have that stupid Nurgle army that I'm that's in that's on the back burner. And I keep looking at this, going, "Wow, I really want to buy this." And I keep telling, them, you know, it's not like they're going to stop making the models. I can always right. get it when when I start actually doing my Nurgle army. The models will, the books might not be, but the models sure. will be there. So, um, yeah, I've been actually really good. I haven't bought anything, uh, any models since. I, the, in fact, the last stuff I picked up was, you know, Nagash and the Mortarks, and then I picked up those more guests uh, with the Spirit Hosts, and. That's it, and I'd actually wouldn't mind getting some more of those Morgas because they're such cool models. But I'm like, nope, nope. I've been busy painting other you, things. You, know, so. you can play the long game; they'll always be there. Exactly. I've been very patient playing the long game. Well put. So, um, have you? Have yeah, you, that's that composes my reading. Okay, uh, I've been reading Glotkin and Battle for the Abyss because I'm never going to finish it. But um, <laughs> I did pick up the Fall of Altdorf and the Bane of Malekith. So I'm excited about these books. The Fall of Altdorf is the you know the book version of the one portion of the Glotkin book, and Bane of Malekith is the third book of that uh, uh, the Tyrion and Teclis trilogy. Now so, you asked me if I borrowed those books, which I didn't. Did you find those? Um, well, I I have one is on my Kindle or my Nook or whatever, and the other one I have here at the house. I know I've got it here. I I I wasn't that I could was looking for them and couldn't find them. I was more like, a, did you read these yet? So oh, it, I see. yeah, that okay. that was no, yeah. I, which I haven't. Well, you need to. You have homework. You need to. Read. I, yeah, you will enjoy these list. too. You will really enjoy them. I really liked those first two books a lot. Okay, I'm really excited about. The, this third one to finish up this series. Uh, the second book ends when, like, the Dark Elves attack, uh, and they're attacking, like, under stealth into Ulthwan, and they are about to get the Everqueen. And she's actually captured, and Teclis, like, you know, kills a guard and dresses up like him, and he's sneaking her off, and they're getting attacked. And it's Teclis and the Everqueen are, like, getting away, just the two of them. Hmm. And uh, I mean that's the part where, and spoiler if you haven't read Nagash yet, but really spoiler, like I haven't been spoiling Nagash the whole time. Uh, he gets her off, and this is I think the part where they get it on, you know, and she's going to oh. have his because yeah. you're talking about Tyrion, you yeah, Tyrion. Teclis. Oh, I meant okay. Tyrion. I'm sorry, not Teclis. I was going to say like no, Teclis, what? No, I'm sorry, I meant Tyrion. Absolutely, okay, okay. Tyrion. Yeah, it goes in there and, and he gets her out of danger, and now they're on the run, just the two of them hiding gotcha. from all the dark elves. I think that's the part where the hanky panky happens. Well, that'd be that'd be an interesting read. To actually, mean, you know, yeah, exactly. read about that in detail. All right. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to all this stuff, but uh, so I guess we should move along mm. because yeah, we'll be covering all the Glotkin and hey, at 125 pages, we could probably cover the whole book in one episode. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Which beats stretching it to three because that's I'm already tired. My head's. <laughs> So what have you been doing for hobby, my friend? Hobby. Let's see. I, I picked up the bulk of my demon army. So I'm I'm kind of slowly working on those. Assembled some seekers. Oh, I did a Slanesh seeker uh, rider conversion, which I, I shared some pictures on Twitter and with you. Oh, yeah. I liked it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out. The, uh, the bad thing is those Eldar, they come from the Dark Eldar Reaver jet bike kit. Okay. And those legs, for whatever reason, are, are hard to come by. So I've been scanning eBay for those, but they haven't come back up. So I might have to try another pair of legs. Not even Horda bits? Two. 
Uh, on eBay? No. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I'll keep on looking for those. Yeah, that is uh, weird because the plastic kits, Hordo Bits, really tends to keep all that stuff in stock. So. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe the everyone uses those legs. I mean, if you're going to buy the the Reaver jet bikes, you're going to need riders. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Horda bits. They just bust open. I think they just bust the boxes up and just like sell out the bits. So yeah, no, I'll have to check that. But uh, yeah, I've been using I I use the uh, the Sisters of Slanesh Dark Elf kit, the mask, whip, and shield to round out that rider. I'm I'm, I'm really happy with how that turned out. So I'm looking forward to finishing that unit. Um, Starting to think about things like a demon display board and how that could come together, because you know you have to think. I think about all these things at the same time and work towards work towards it. Once I see the big picture, yeah. So let me bounce this off idea idea off of you. I might have shared this with you before, but I've always thought that, especially a Slanesh demon display board, would be like a floating like a citadel. With like a nicely manicured garden and everything, okay. And then it comes down, and underneath the floating rock, underneath the citadel, you'd have like the sea of like tortured souls and zombies. In this case, I, I think the mantic zombies would be good for like reaching up into the air, like trying to reach that citadel. Oh, okay. I think I'd, I'd want to do something like that. That's that's pretty ambitious, but it sounds cool. And you, you could have little things like uh, within the sea of zombies have like little pockets of um, little scenes. So you can have like an empire, like hero on foot who somehow ended up in this realm, the, the demonic realm fighting off, you know, the sea of zombies. And this, he's got this little circle that he's, you know what I mean? He's yeah. fending off zombies, you know, little things like that. I thought could be cool. It is ambitious, but it sounds cool though. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We'll see if I can work towards that. I'm just trying to get one that's the right size and get it based and flocked, basically, at this point. And then hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing with mine, but I'm, uh, whatever. You've been planning yours for quite a while. I mean, I remember yeah, sketches. Every time I look at it, it's like, no, that sucks. I keep scratching it. I'm not certain. I wanted to do like a, you know, sort of a graveyard or castle frontage that's all destroyed for my for my undead, but... Those bases that I have don't necessarily match. Doing a wrecked castle, and I don't know. I, I can see it. I mean, if you have the outside of that castle being swamplands, sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm just. I don't know. I. I. I'm, I, find, I feel. I find myself really uninspired with display boards lately. Just like the whole idea. I'm just like, oh, I just don't care. Oh, like to, for you, I mean, for you to do one. Yeah. I'm just, hmm. I don't feel it. Like, I've, I've, I'm actually finally starting to feel my painting mojo coming back. Mm-hmm. and the dis- But the display board is just not a part of that mojo right now. So hmm. I'll figure out something. I'll eventually I'll do it. Back. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's like I'm starting to realize my limitations. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work within what I do and try to polish that up and get it better and make sure I can do what, you know, I, See mm-hmm. what I can do and, and make sure I'm doing that as best as I can and then start moving on to more complicated things. Sure. But you can also think of each trial run. You know, it's it's an experiment. Yeah. If you do one, turns out okay, then you learn from that one and improve upon it next time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, again, it's you're playing the long game, as you like to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. But other than that, uh, little things with my orcs and goblins in preparation for, like, Wapaka. Um Squig Gaba that I got from Forge World, paint that up as a Doom Diver. 
couple characters, some goblin characters that I have, um, just to round out and keep my orc and goblin army kind of always adding new things to it. Cool. So that's, uh, yeah, in terms of hobby, that's about it for me. How about you? You've been kind of busy. Yeah. So all the bases that I cast are now painted. So, well, I mean, and those I, turned I out really a, good. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't have a full army's worth of bases, but the ones that I did do and that I cast, I mean, I had painted like the first batch to see how they looked, and then I had a bunch of them that were cast, and I went out and primed those and painted them up too. And uh, I was pretty pleased with it. I stripped all the iron breakers and the iron drakes of the black primer because I'm going to go with white primer with them. You, wait, you stripped the primer to, and reprimed it? I stripped, uh, yeah. I went with I've black heard. primer, and then I painted a couple of test models, and the black primer was just not working under that, trying to get that pearlescent stuff going, and I wanted it to be very bright. Right. So I decided, and when I saw a couple of videos of people doing this, some of their pearlescent things, the people sent me these links to these videos, they had all primed white to get it it'd be a much brighter. Well, I guess it's, I'm just finding it interesting that you stripped primer and reprimed it. I would have just primed over my original coat of primer. Uh, maybe. I just, I was already stripping the test models, so I just threw them all in. But, oh, I see. You know, I, just, I mean, you know, exa- you know, I just, I didn't know. I, well, I mean, plus, no, it's not wrong. I mean, it's you're, you're it's preserving the, the detail by, by eliminating a layer. So exactly. And that was my, that was my major thought is these models are already, t- I mean, dwarf models are small. Last thing I want to do is take out any of the detail. So, yeah, I just figured get rid of that and go with that. So those are stripped and ready to be primed white. Okay. Um, all hammerers are primed. Most of the long beards are primed. All hammerers have a base of, uh, base of the the Vallejo Air, uh, the the metallics. Yeah, I bought the Air metallics, and I t- picked the darkest one of them. Um. I forget what it's called. It's like a gun metal or something like that. It's a darker grayish metal. And I went with that, figuring that I could put that on, um, add a little wash to darken up like the scale mail, uh, like the scale mail skirts that they've got on. Right. Um, and but leave that dark metal so that I can do a nice highlight with the regular metal and then, uh, you know, get up to that rune fang steel. So I, I, I see. Um, I've also got all their fa- the first coat of paint over all their faces that dark you know the dark flesh mm-hmm. tone for that, uh, dude. You cannot reach those eyeballs under those stupid hammer or helmets. I keep trying, and it's just I don't know how it's looking. I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm st- I'm going to give it a couple of more tries, and if I can't get it to look like eyeballs on those hammer helmets, I may just go with the. Make them really dark, you know. I think that's acceptable too. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to see it to really form a, a real opinion. But uh, my yeah. first instincts uh, would be to, yeah, put like black ink in those sockets and then just dot it really finely with a white dot for the reflection in the eyeballs. But maybe you can't do that. Possibly, and I and I and I get that, and I and I could try that too. But it literally, it's, it's they're tiny. Dwarfs. I mean, you. F- I forget after painting full size, regular, you know, normal body models, mm. how small they are, and then their faces are tiny, and those eyeballs are hard to get to. And it's like I, I can't. I mean, you know, it's like the, I've tried a couple, and they've looked a little funky. 
and it's like I don't want him to look like I don't want him. I don't want to have a crappy set of eyeballs. I don't want uh, you know Friday guys. Mm-hmm. I don't want any of that stuff. And if I can't get it in there where it's going to look good, I'm just going to black them out. Hmm. Well, next time I'm over there, we'll, or actually bring some with you um, tomorrow at Grant's. So okay. I'd like to take a look. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I have one finished hammerer. Nice. The champion is done. And the champion is the helmet off. So I was able to get his eyes. I got, you know, the I mean, everything's done. It took me several hours to finish that one model. I probably put about, I think about five or six hours, you know, with just. Wow. Just the one dry. guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I was working for about three hours watching TV and doing it. And, oh, right. Leisurely painting. Yeah. Letting it, you know, putting on coats, letting it dry, doing other sure. things. I actually spent about t- 10 hours from start to finish. But like when I was letting him dry, I would go and put a co- another coat of wash onto all the other 40 hammerers. So obviously that took a lot of time. And so you'd take out all that time, and it was probably closer to five. But I did. I spent, I mean, took me forever to get those stupid eyeballs in on him, get him decent. No, he's and, looking good. I, I like the color scheme a lot. The blue and the white really worked out, and I was really happy with, I went with a light gray first. Mm-hmm. And then, especially what I did was I did one shoulder pad, white and one blue. And then on the hammers, they've got those, you know, the gauntlets with the... Uh, those you know those like uh, flat big flat parts that are connected to the glove that are covering up their forearms, mm-hmm. and so I went opposite with those. So the white, the, you know, the, I think the right shoulder pad is white and the left. Oh, I see. Kind of alternating. Yeah, to and to add a little more color to them other than just the metal, because they don't have shields because they're hammerers, hmm. and um, that's got sort of like a three sections because it's separated up by the gold trim. So I've got like. The darker gray, and then there's a little bit of gold trim, and up there was a little bit lighter. And at the very top, where the light's hitting it, it's white. And the transition actually looks pretty good. Like, I was really pleased. At first, I thought when I took the picture that it was actual light. And I'm like, oh, you know, I actually, no, I don't look. <laughs> it's I the paint effect, huh? That. Yeah. Skills. Nice. I was like, whoo. Uh, when I finished it all up, I threw some art coat just on the the colored parts. Give them a oh, did shit. you brush it on? Yeah. Okay. Just onto those, so... I'm really kind of pleased. And then I drilled a hole in his foot, put a pin in it, drilled a hole in. He's actually on one of those damn custom bases I made. That, and that really pulls it together. It, it, I, and you tweeted a picture of that too, and yeah, that looked really good. So I got one done, and I know how it's supposed to look now. And I've done it once, so now I have a now I can go and sit back and start mass producing and just do the whole unit, you know, do one shoulder, do the left shoulder pad for the whole unit. Let me uh, ask you two questions. Sure. So now that you had this uh, custom sculpted base and bases ready to go, are you going to apply that same treatment to your movement trays? Because I know you've, you've invested heavily in those, those metal ones that have sort of the, uh, the rounded beveled lip. Yeah. Which doesn't allow too much in the way of modeling. So I'm not exactly certain how at that point I'll do it. I've got to figure something out. You know? Okay. Well, you know, you can solve that problem once you get there. Right. Uh, the second question I had is more, I don't know, esoteric, I guess. Okay. So the typical dwarf color is like a darker flesh, right? What do you mean? Like color? Well, I know the uh, the paint, the GW, that's dwarf flesh. It's, it's darker than like human or elephant Yeah, it's flesh. very brownish. 
if they spent all their time underground, you would think that their skin would be pale. Well, no? And here's the thing. If you look even at their painting guide, that's like the base color, and it goes up from there. So that's like the really, I mean, you know, like I, I, I when I painted mine, that was only in like like the deep recesses and the cracks and stuff. And I'm just thinking, you know, you're working and 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 digging and 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 mining the whole day. And I'm figuring that darkness is just sort of the stuff getting in all the wrinkles in your skin and in all the cracks and crevices that you know that dirt that you know sort of darkness that sort of grime from the work. Yeah. Because even mine, I mean, it went from that uh, up to, uh, you know, like a regular flesh at the highlights. Now, you're going with a regular flesh at the highlights because they are a little darker. But I never hmm. quite got that because none of their models even look like I mean, that's that dwarf flesh is never the final color. Right. It's always much lighter. So interesting. I don't know. It just popped in there. So I figured yeah. I'd ask. No, in fact, I remember buying it. Oh, this is dwarf flesh. Pam, I'm going, this looks stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm using that as my base color, as my darkest color, because I just I basically go with that and then highlight two up from that because the face is so hard to reach. So dark. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not even really putting a wash in on them. It's like that dark color and then a lighter color and then a lighter color um, until I'm done. So It's like they all walked out of the, the tanning booth. Yeah. <laughs> all looking like the Kardashians. There you go. So that's that's uh, that's pretty much... Everything I've been doing. Um, I want to thank you for, I, you know, I was tweeting you some pictures and you were giving me advice. Uh, definitely thanks to Rotor, who a couple of those nights I was sitting, we were having, you know, paint nights. We were just, hey, I'm hobbying. Are you hobbying? Yep. And then we sat around on the phone chatting with each other uh, while we were painting. And I kept sending him pictures as I was doing it. And he, oh, oh, nice. Real-time like, feedback then. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's looking pretty good. You might want to do that. Like you even said, you might want to add another highlight here. Mm. Or that, you know, hey, what do you think about this color for the handle, you know? What do you think about this uh, th- this this color for, this, for the beard? So, as, you know, we're just, gonna yeah. just going through and checking how it looks. And You should uh, – I'm always harping on you to take pictures and, and post it, which you've done. But I think you should do it on, a, on the forum as well because it's it, – it's documentary. Yes. So yes. so many years down the line, you can look back. And I need to. And, and my friend Jason, who lives down the street, has got all. He's got all this new camera equipment. He's like, when are you going to bring over some of these models for me to take pictures? Oh, of? is he, he like a semi-pro or a pro photographer? No, he's just. He just. He. It's. It's, it's a hobby of his. Ah, okay. He likes to do photography, and he. Uh, you know, he saw some of the stuff that was posted on the Facebook page. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then. Uh, after looking at this stuff on the Facebook page, he went. I think he went creeping on the uh, website and saw some of the people posting their. Oh, I see some their, of their their work. Oh. And he's like, oh, "Dude, this is cool." He's like, "You bring that stuff over. I could. I, I'd like to take pictures of that." And I'm like, "I would like you to take pictures of that and then give them <laughs> to me because I'm not a very good that. photographer." So, hmm. well, that, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very visual game, so I can see why someone not used to it would really get impressed by it yeah exactly so well that's my hobby so do you got any other uh kind of okay. i saw a movie called uh labor day labor day it's nothing really it's not it's like it was like a serious drama with kate winslet and josh brolin i i had to watch it our family does this family movie night where right we we go through a rotation where you have to pick a movie everyone no one has can have ever seen it 
You have to sit through the whole thing, no complaints, and if you fall asleep, you lose your turn in the rotation. So my brother-in-law, okay. bless his heart, fell asleep in two different movies, which means we were in line for four chick flicks in a row. Oh, wait a minute. You're like a team? Kind of. I mean, it's me and my wife, her sister, and her husband. And we rotate. Guy, girl, guy, girl. Oh, so you rotate guy, girl. Yeah, guy, yeah. So you it's are a team. Choice. You, okay, yeah. but still. Yeah. So he falls asleep twice, which means oh, I got to pay him. the price and watch four of chick flicks. And this was one of them. See, and, I don't uh, necessarily mind chick flicks if they're at least somewhat well done. Eh. You're a lot more sensitive to that stuff. You get all yeah, that yeah, I think. I, know, I, I think occasional chick flick I think is okay. Devil Wears Prada. I thought that was decent. This movie was just brutal. It was just so depressing. I won't say anything more you know, beyond that. But okay. <laughs> So, yeah, that was my other. Oh, and I've been watching um, Walking Dead. That's oh. a little bit more upbeat. You know what? Those last couple episodes have been awesome. They've been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. What I went to go see John Wick. Oh, I hear good things. Oh, that was great. It's it's a revenge picture. I mean, literally, you get the plot in the first like five minutes. It's a quick bunch of flashbacks, and he proceeds to go on a freaking rampage, and it's awesome. <laughs> Okay, dude, and he's like a crack shot, and everybody he shoots, he shoots in the face. There is quality violence in this picture. It was so good. Like I said, even Heather really enjoyed. It. She's like, I thought it was going to be stupid, but this is actually really. It was fun. It was well written. The action scenes were really good. Not a, no excessive dialogue to have Keanu Reeves mess up. You know, I am an FBI agent. None of that. Right. Right. Just Whoa. exactly. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. It was so good. Right. And uh, oh, it was really cool. And Gone Girl is really good. I hear that too. David Fincher directed it, and I like David Fincher's movies. I like yeah, it he, a lot. He, he did um, Fight Club. He did right? Fight Club, yes. Did and, he do one of the Alien movies, Alien 3? Yeah, that was one of his first movies, and that was crap. But eh, It wasn't, he did, mm, you can it wasn't see the worst Alien movie. You can style in there, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's done a bunch of things. I'm trying to think of some of his other films, and I, I'm just drawing a blank at the moment off the top of my head, but I do enjoy his movies. And uh, Yeah, I, I hear good things about it. And Yeah, Ben Affleck, he gets a lot of flack for his upcoming Batman role, but uh, yeah, he, he has done a handful of pretty good movies. He's a good director, and he's not a horrible actor. He picks a lot of crappy films to be in. Yeah. but uh, So that's about it. I think for everything. <laughs> that is everything. Our hobby is done. So listen, why don't we take another break? Because what the hell? And um, when we come back, we're going to get Grant on the blower. That sounds good. All right, folks, we'll be back in a moment. Hey folks, it's Dave, and 
I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Welcome back to the Garage, your tools. We are joined by good friend, the one and only, handsome man, Grant Butter. How's it going, Grant? And I came, yo! <laughs> there it is. I didn't even, I, I, you know what, until then, I didn't even think about that. And right when you introduced me and called me the handsome man, it just, it's like, a, it's like I, I slipped into an old pair of slippers. It was just... <laughs> oh, we man. Slipped into I yeah, know Cranky's not happy with that, but what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, that's too probably funny. Probably hurt some children's charity or something like that. <laughs> Isn't that what happened last time? No, oh, jeez. It's, it's all in good fun. Oh, boy. So, uh, Grant, today we're having you on to, as in another of our many painting episodes we've been doing. Um, we thought it would be cool to have you come on because you really piss me off because... <laughs> <laughs> you sit down and you're like, hey, look, I think I'm going to do an army. And like three weeks later, you've got an army that is getting full points at a tournament. Like, and even like when we when we played in the team tournament at Adepticon a couple years ago, like I, I'm like, I can play and I'll buy the models. I don't have time to paint them. Well, you're like, I could do it in like in a week. And it's like, oh, look, they all have nice smooth blending and they got nice bases. And it's like, damn, like how do you? So I said, you know, we we talked to Brandon Palmer. We're going to be talking uh, probably next episode to Jim Wapple, you know, guys who spend, you know, hours and hours per model doing this <laughs> stuff, you know. And then I just, like, the absurdity of having my name sandwiched right in between Jim Wapple and <laughs> Brandon Palmer is uh, pretty ridiculous. So, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, but, but the thing is, you bring to the table stuff that, is put together fast and is, is still getting full points when you're going to, for painting scores and tournaments. It looks good. It looks like you spent more time on it than that three weeks to a month that you did. And, uh, Chris, you remember when we did the uh, Would You Rather? And it was, you know, paint an army really fast and just be table standard and get your points or paint slower than molasses and, you know, be like, you know, constantly up for best paint. Top tier, right. And I was the only one who was thinking to go slow. And I've actually changed my mind in the last couple of weeks about that. And, like, Grant, you were like the epitome of being able to crank out an army to a good standard, which is, looks nice on the table. People like it. And you're getting full points. I mean, it is what it is. It's good. Yeah, you know, I... When you asked me about this several weeks back and said, I'd like to have you on the show and do something like that, at first I was like, me on a show about painting? That, that doesn't make sense. And then I thought about it a little bit, and 
I have been for quite some time cranking out those armies, like you said. So maybe there is some value to what I'm saying. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully I can uh, I can bring what you want. The first time I, I, I met so. you was July 9th of 2010 when you came to the eighth edition release party at UGG, and we had the speed painting contest, and you just like blew the doors. Off of every, like in one hour, you're like, oh, look. I'm like, oh, that's better than any model I've ever painted. I hate you. <laughs> you know? It, it, so, I mean, now, now, disclaimer though, you did work for GW for a while, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And, I, only I mean, for they, about a year and a half. I mean, do they, do they teach you stuff? Like, you know, because I know that, you, I, well, I mean, I know you've got to paint and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and put, yeah. you know, I, I'm just, I'm just curious where you got your technique because it's, it's good. So, well, that's it. <laughs> where, to, where to start. So <laughs> GW doesn't train you anything as far as painting. Um, I, at the interview for Games Workshop, I had to bring some things that I had painted because they just wanted to make sure you had some semblance of, of what painting is like. And, and they were a little bit more picky and choosy. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. Not that they're not picky and choosy now, but Games Workshop was a different company back then. I mean, we're talking... Uh, you know, 13 years ago. And um, I was a manager of a store, had had several staff members. So it was a, kind of a different time uh, for Games uh, games Workshop. So but okay, he didn't, more than one person in the store. Yeah, more than one person at a store. And there they didn't necessarily teach me, but you had a lot of great people around you who could teach you. Um, I had one gentleman, um, you know, that I can kind of credit for this everything that we're going to talk about. And, and I don't know if he's out there, if he listens or anybody knows him, but his name's James Marshall he used to work for games workshop. So anybody listening, maybe that either knows James or uh, James, if you listen, uh, I, I would say that most of what I'm going to talk about today, I can kind of credit to him because uh, he, he helped me out a lot uh, and, and was kind of a painting mentor uh, at that time. And uh, James lived in Germany for a while uh, and, and was just kind of a part of the Games Workshop culture for quite some time and was, at that time, the craziest, best painter I knew. Um, so, so yeah, so him. Uh, and they didn't teach you how, but um, some of the other tips that I didn't learn from James, I did learn because I helped open the, the Battle Bunker uh, in Chicago. Okay. And when when they did that, they said, Oh crap, we need a whole bunch of armies for this store. And, you know, you'd never think of it in a games workshop store, but when the bunker opened for Chicago, every single army in the case, other than uh, like uh, like employee or customer owned armies, were dipped in Minwax. And <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you think of dipping as being kind of that quick. That, that quick fix, yeah. um, you know, some people like the Raj can, can use it really well, like in his wood elves. And then some people, uh, don't use it very well and, and leave it pretty shiny. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you could, you could smell the min wax on the figures when they pull them out of the, the, uh, the, the drawer and everything's kind of Brown, mm. but yeah, the, I would say these, these were somewhere between there. They weren't great. They're were kind of the, the initial, when people just first figured out, hey, this Minwax stuff works pretty good. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Minwax and uh, when I talk about washes later. Are you so that, that's right a little now? bit of my what, – what's that? Are you painting right now? 
I'm I'm in my paint room. I haven't started painting. I, I, got, I, I, I hear the brushes and the things swashing around. I'm like he's painting right now. <laughs> That's yeah. the key to his speed. You know, no wasted time. Got to multitask. No wasted time. Multitasking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I guess that would be kind of my resume and my credibility there. Um. Other than you know, I mean, I've been playing since what, like '92. Uh, so just a lot of painting time kind of lends to, you know, just just better brush control, better, uh, you know, just just putting in the time kind of lends itself to you, you learn from mistakes and and you Get do gain a little down. bit better, better, better brush control. And you learn things like don't paint right after you work out because your arm's going to shake the whole time. <laughs> 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 you know, and just you know, little silly things like that that you that you learn as you go. That you remember. Okay, well, I just came back from the gym. I am not going to paint these banners right now because uh, because they're so. Oh, uh, you can hear my my mm. son just came in the room and he's uh, yeah. actually playing with an, he's playing with an orc right now. There you go. Oh, nice. <laughs> can, can you say hi to everybody, Jacob? Say hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, hi. there he is. He's he's four years old, and we were working on putting together zombies over the weekend because he loves zombies so oh uh, so do i i don't have any i don't have any false hopes that he's going to start picking up and playing games against me at four or five years old but uh. Uh, he, he i mean he he just loves everything he 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 knows what orcs are he plays warhammer quest with me on my ipad and uh you know so it's it's kind of nice. neat to get everybody the next involved generation in, of training the next generation excellent so yeah i mean so that's really it um, I mean, I'm probably going to talk about or things that we'll talk about in this section are, you know, probably things that are going to make good painters cringe. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I can just imagine like when I was kind of writing down some notes and like, well, how do I really go through this process? I'm like, oh, somebody is going to go out there and be like, Grant, you are just full of it. Or, you know, that is, uh, you know, everything against what uh, it is. The, the interwebs told me I should do what I'm painting. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, you're, it, you're being a, hard, a little hard on yourself. Everyone uh, has their own technique and will find their oh, own yeah. way. And you yeah, guys obviously yeah. found, you know, a good equation that works for you. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what, you know, your secrets and, uh, you know, revealing how you are so su- successful with the speed painting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so hobby is just a huge part of the game that we play of the hobby that we play not to use the word twice but um so i I think it is possible to do things fast and create you know a good looking army still put your own personal touch on it you know and not lose too much of that artistic value when you're really just trying to to crank it out i think that that's what's really important and i really want to try and keep in mind when we're talking about this is that um we're not just talking about you know, uh, making a process mechanical that really should be uh, fluid and artistic. Does that make sense? Um, you know, well, some sure. of the things that I'm sure. going to talk about is is lining lining figures up and mm. and uh, you know knocking things out and being the machine like Dave is. <laughs> uh, you know, well, you still need to keep some of that artistic value to it. Um, otherwise, it just becomes pretty mundane. You know. So, so what, uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. How do, how do we start talking about the process? I don't know. First, we could start with, uh, what's your, what's the deciding factor when you say, okay, I'm going to speed paint this army. 
what's the motivation behind making that decision? <laughs> well, it, it's probably going to be different for every situation. A lot of times for me, it's tournaments because I do the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that's kind of a good question. So, what was the first one that I did? Uh, that I that I really sat down and said I'd speed paint. So uh, I was a Games Workshop manager at the time and actually had four staff. And none of my staff members had an army for both of the main games uh, mm-hmm. for, for Warhammer or for 40K. They had one or the other. And so I, as a manager, you know, said, hey, you guys have to know and you have to play these, you know, both of the games. You know, I, I don't expect you to... Um, you know, spend your own money, but, uh, you know, and, and buy a whole army and you got pretty sweet discounts at that time in GW, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of challenged them. I said, Hey, uh, I tell you what, if I can paint an entire 2000 point space Marine army in a week, will you guys also, uh, you know, all promise to, you know, start your own army for the other game. Because at that, that point, I was really heavily into fantasy. And uh, I didn't have a Space Marine army because they're so, like, vanilla. So um, so I did. And I painted a 2,000-point Black Templars army with some conversions and, uh, uh, you know, fully painted, fully based, tournament ready. In fact, uh, I just sold that army to... Mark Zielinski. Uh, I think it was oh, Mark, yeah, pretty, pretty sure it was Mark Zielinski. I just saw it like within the last year. Oh, so that, uh, wait, that I, was your. I mean, I've seen your. I've seen that army at your house. That you had the Chaos Space Marines and the Black Templars. When yeah, you when yeah, you gave yeah. me a demo game of 40k in your basement, that's what we were playing with. <laughs> that that was the army that I uh, that I did, and I, I I've gone through, you know, even in the last ten years, uh, I've, I've sold you know, twelve thousand points of orcs. Um, I, you know, oh, I've, I've had, I've had Bretonians. I've had, uh, uh, just about every army in the last, you know, even 10 years, not, not, uh, not the 23 years that I've been playing, but, or 22 years that I've been playing the, but yeah, I kept that one for quite some time until I really decided, you know, just cause that one was kind of special. That's the first full army that I did that I speed painted, got the whole thing done in a week. And, uh, so, so that was the first one I did. So that was my motivation then was just, you know, can I do it mm. and trying to motivate my team in order to be able to do it. But it's, it's whatever motivates you. So some people you want to, you know, you might just have a gaming group and you're starting a campaign and uh, you want to, by the end of that campaign, it's a, it's a three month campaign. And you, your goal is by the end of that campaign to have your full army painted. Uh, you know, and th- three months is still a pretty quick time to, to get a turnaround done. You know, maybe you're getting prepped for a tournament and you decide two months before that you want to take a different army. Like I just recently did with the dwarves, the, uh, got a whole army done in two months to yeah, go to rock. Games. Yeah. So uh, when you, when you decide to do an army like this, I, I've been in sales for quite some time. So uh, a line that a lot of sales people usually use is that you can do something or you, you've got your choice of three. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before. You've got your choice of three. You've got quick, you've got cheap, and you've got good. So uh, they'll say you can pick two. You can have something quick and cheap, 
but it's not going to be good. You can have something good and cheap, but it's not going to be quick. It's going to take a while. Um, you can have something good, good and quick, but it's not going to be cheap. I don't know. Did I already say that? I don't know. Yeah, but, I um, the, the idea behind this is that you can really, you know, you, you can have all three. You can do an army for cheap. You can do, you can do it well and, uh, and you can do it pretty quick. And so that's kind of what you keep in mind when you're, you're, you're planning out your army, um, which I guess would be the first step when you, uh, you know, when, when you, you make the decision, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, maybe you've already got the models. Maybe that's why you decided, hey, I've got this whole lizard man army just sitting there that I bought off of eBay. You know, maybe it's time to just get off my tuchus and, and get it all painted up. So maybe that's your motivation. But uh, whatever it is, uh, you've decided to paint up that army pretty quick. I don't know. What would what would be your motivation, Dave, for wanting to paint an army quick? People more often than not kind of want to see you putting down something that's been... There's a higher expectation. Yeah, it's like the gaming group. Like, I mean, if I said, hey, look, I'm bringing new stuff and it's not all painted, nobody's going to be like, no, you have to have a painted army. Like, nobody's going to tell me I have to. But if you just keep coming back every week with the same army and it's not painted, people are going to start looking at you funny. Yeah. And for me, it's well, like... We, we also play with a, a group that has a pretty high standard. I mean, even some of the guys, um, you know, a little bit further out, the the you know, point boys, and uh, I mean, th- we have a pretty high standard in the people that we regularly game with, too. So there's kind of a there's kind of that internal struggle to, hey, I want to up my game. <laughs> I want to make it look a little bit better. Exactly. And now for me, it's I've gotten to the point where I've got three armies I want to paint. So now I'm looking for fast because it's like, I want to get through this and get to that, and I want to get through that and get to the other. So for me, it's what, just... What about, yeah. what about you, Chris? Have you... I mean, I know you just recently pounded out some trolls. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how how was that for you? Or I mean, that, that, was, a, that was a unit... You know, how would you feel about doing a whole Oof. army? Like a, a whole army? I don't think I could do it. I'd, I'd have to say, okay, I'm going to speed paint this army. Because um, usually when I start an army, I'm like, okay, I, I have to max out on the paint scores on er, in every possible way that I can. So it's yeah. very – it's if I go into a project and say, okay, I'm going to forego some of those points for the sake of speed, you know, to your point, if, if I'm going to pick those two out of three, then I'm not quite sure – I don't know. It's just a different hat, I guess. Yeah, no, it it, it definitely is. And I, I, I don't necessarily think I don't have the skill to paint better than what I do. But I think that for me, um, it, it's just I, I get this for me, I get the same enjoyment out of playing a game with, you know, nicely painted models that look good from a, you know, your, your, your three foot, uh, maybe it's just cause my eyes aren't that great anyways and are getting worse as I get older. But, um, you know, from, from that, that, that two, three feet, when you're holding your arm out and, and moving those figures around, uh, those models look just about the same. <laughs> they, they really do, uh, look, look just yeah. about the same. Yeah. And really I mean, you're, you're just uh, talking about a, a handful of points from a handful of judges at certain events. That's really only the only difference yep. that we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's another great point to put up. I think a lot of what, you know, we're talking about here is, uh, is that tournament, uh, standard. So how do you get 
the, the most points on a checklist. If you're going to uh, an event that has a checklist, how, how do you maximize out those points? And uh, so, some tournaments you can, some tournaments you can't. Some tournaments, the max, including bits, uh, some you just can't unless you are the best painted. You can't get all the points. So you just want to get as high as you possibly can. Um, all kind of going into it and assuming that you're probably not going to be the best. Um, because if, if this is what we're doing and, and this is kind of what this episode is about, this is about, you know, scoring all the points, having a great looking army that looks good together on the table, uh, really, you know, has some key features that make people go, Hey, that's, that's pretty nice, but is, is, is not going to hang out with the Johnny Hastings and the, the Wapples and the, um, Brandon Palmer's of the the universe. So you, you just kind of have to, uh, not to say lowered expectations, it's just not what you're going for. And and that's right. what I when, I, when I paint an army, I've never sat down and painted an army and said, I want this thing to be spectacular. Like I want people to, you know, think that this is, you know, they, they catch me out. You know, my expectation is I want this to look sweet on the table when I am, you know, playing against another fully painted army and, uh, you know, it'll look like a sweet battle when we're out there. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's the the attempt that I try to make. Well, it, it um, definitely has its own merits. I mean, yeah, you know, you may not be that the, the top uh, scoring painted army there. But on the other hand, you're kicking off these armies so quickly that you're able to, you know do the new power build or, or use the new book, you know, relatively quickly <laughs> yeah, and switch yeah. gears. And you'll, you'll have over the course of a year or two years, this assortment of armies that you can pick and choose from. And that keeps the game from getting too stagnant. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know if that's a good thing though. I I've been, I've been doing this, this huge wobble with Wapaka. And now that I've got, you know, six painted armies right now, <laughs> then I'm, oh, which one do I, you know, and, and that's what I have right now. I've sold a couple of them and mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, so, but that's still uh, nice. Even if you just need to change it, pace in your yeah. gaming group or if, the option you know, is a luxury yeah i mean right now i've got one army i can take to tournaments and i've got you know two that are getting to be playable and i mean i sold so many it's like eventually i plan to have four and see if i just call it there or if i go back and rebuy everything i sold because i'm an idiot but <laughs> <laughs> what Okay. Well, you know, once you get it all painted, then I mean, oh, well, everything. I've got well, you're a long ways question. from getting it all painted, so let's. Hey, you, you never know; the machine time. may turn on. Don't, don't, you know. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> so, so, I think when you're when you're planning that army, you know, you said the new filth. Uh, you know, it it is, but I don't think it should be about that. I don't think it should be about you know, sweet. Now I can crank out this. Uh, Oh, what's the new one? The Legions of Chaos with the hottest filth. Um, but wow. you should take into consideration, I think, model count. Uh, you know, get into a project that is realistic for you. Um, you, you know, don't it, it just if, if you are speed painting an army and you need to get it done in two months, it's not realistic to do a Skaven army or at least a Skaven army that, you know, is a competitive build with the, the lots of slaves, you know, and- lots and lots of slaves. And I mean, it's just, it's, you do have to take model count into effect. So armies with, uh, with lower model count warriors that uh, comes to mind, 
um, dwarves, you know, any elite army is really going to lend itself while elves is going to lend itself well to being painted. So I think when you're choosing that army, that is definitely something to take into consideration is the, the, the model count, the, yeah, go ahead. When it comes to the, the models, do you, cause I, I, I noticed that, um, you kind of, mix and match between new models and old models you it, it kind of you kind of run the gamut in terms of um of those uh, do you just kind of look for the best deals in terms of models to populate a unit or yeah i think th- i think that that is a that kind of goes back to what i was saying before is you, good quick mm-hmm. and cheap mm-hmm. and you, and you kind of can have all of those things if you know how to get them. I mean, pur- purchasing an army is, is a huge part of, of, of really this process is, is how do you, so if you don't have the army, um, how do you put together that army for the, the cheapest? And we're not in a cheap hobby, but a great way to, <laughs> a, a great, <laughs> great way to start would be looking at eBay. Um, I don't know how many people yep. use eBay, uh, a lot of people uh, use Barter Town. If you've been on yep, Barter Town I do before, do that quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've actually gotten a couple things off of Barter Town now. Um, I found out you cannot put an eBay link on Barter Town, though. I don't know if anybody knows that. Um, oh, really? I thought Barter yeah, Town had their own eBay like links section of the forum where you could post those. Maybe they've changed maybe, that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe that's new too. I don't know. One of the I remember I put a, a link on. I had something on eBay and I also put it on there and they said, nope, you cannot do that. So hmm. tips for tips for anybody selling anything on there. Well, that kind of makes sense, though, because at Bartertown, is well, all for trade and eBay is obviously not trade. Yeah. So, Well, no, they it's for sale on Bartertown, too. I, mean, oh, I, didn't, a lot of people I didn't realize that. Want it, wanting money for things. Right. Oh, um, I, didn't I, I think be, being able to buy in bulk you're going to get a lot more. Um, even if you're on eBay, uh, you know, and, and you could sell some of those things that you don't use. But if, if you are, you know, buying a, a whole Lizardman army for 300 bucks, you're probably getting, you know, a thousand dollars worth of stuff retail in there mm-hmm. for sure. Whereas, you, you know, so that that's, you know, a third of the cost. But if you're buying things piecemeal, you're probably going to pay 50% of the cost, if not more, um, of full retail. So buying things in bulk, maybe even selling and recouping some of that money back of the things that you're not going to use. I mean, that, that's an idea, too. Uh, I so, think I think you – oh, go ahead. So I was going to ask, uh, when, when you've painted an army and you've used it, uh, it sounds like you don't have really much, I guess, aside from your first army, too much you know emotional attachment to any army. It's kind of – you know, if this needs to go in order to make way for the next army, you know, to make funds for the next army, it's everything is sort <laughs> of <laughs> up for grabs in that in that respect. Would you say that's yeah, okay? yeah? I mean, I think that's pretty accurate. I, I have gotten rid of several of them. Um, I kind of wish I heard recently on a point ham- hammer where Raj mentioned that he keeps one model from every army. I and I wish that I was on the last that. episode. I just heard that today. Yeah, that. I was like, oh, I wish I had done that. I would have, you know, I'd have so many sweet models with really terrible paint jobs yeah. from, you know, over over the years. Uh, you know, ever since I was, uh, you know, twelve with my first. I mean, I'd love to have one of those 
Harlequins that I started off with in 40K. Uh, you just, you know, my one of my first paint jobs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wish I really don't have an attachment to. Eh, some of them I do. I don't know if I'd ever, I kind of like my chaos dwarves, uh, just as an army. I don't know if I'd ever sell that. <laughs> just, just there, there's, a, there's an attachment to, you know, that's kind of my unique idea. And yeah, I don't know how oh, much yeah, somebody the, else would spider dwarves, well, spider dwarves. Before, I don't know how much somebody would pay for that anyway. Before we get into, cause I did want to talk about, cause Grant, you managed to do armies on a really thrifty level. Like I know you've said before, you don't even. You, you never, I mean, you almost never buy anything new. You always get stuff used and making conversions and doing your own thing. Yep. Let's take a quick break because uh, I need a glass of water. And okay, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk about how, sort of how do you plan out your army? Because I know you, you, you yep. plan some stuff out ahead because you do buy stuff that's, you know, you trade and get used stuff and then you, you put together ideas. So we'll be right back. Hello, friend. Are you enjoying listening to Garage Hammer as much as me? Yes? Very good. Dave and Chris are away on a break, but my friend, we can make the most of it. They will be back. Come, sit back. Get comfortable. Let's listen to what else they have to say to us. No? That was for my request. Yeah, that was that was for you. That was all for you, Grant. So thanks. All right, so back to how do you you know planning and picking your models and and planning your army because as Chris said, you got a you have a wide mix of models in your army and you have no qualms with just going off and saying, look at I'm doing it this way. You know, I mean, your Chaos Dwarf Army, your Kadai is a Arachnorok, and you're, you know, you've got all the little spider riders, you know, and stuff like that and with your Chaos Army. I mean, it's a very unconventional Chaos Army. Looks good, but your Chaos Dwarf Army is, uh, you know, obviously jumping yeah, off on your own thing. It, there's, there's some kind of counts as things in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it has to do with theme. I mean, are, are, are you... And that's going to be personal preference. I know, Dave, you uh, have a very valid um, argument with that you like the models as they are. You're playing this game because you like the models and you like putting these models together and want to want to paint them pretty much as they are. You want it to look like the picture, uh, at least kind of sounds like what you like. Yeah. When I first started painting models, I, I sat there with the army book and said, well, this is what it's supposed to look like and started painting those colors that way. I mean, that's, that's what attracted me. Honestly, for the most part, I only do most. The con- only reason I even try to do some conversions and stuff is because the tournaments require it. If you want the painting points, cause I'm usually pretty keen on what I got, 
Plus, I'm not that creative like you are. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you're like, well, oh, look what I did. You're like, I'm using an erect rack to make a good And I'm thinking, that's kind of retarded. And then I see it. I'm like, wow, that looks great. That's a great idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, because I mean, I mean, oh, I, didn't, I didn't think that exactly. But you know what I mean. It's like, wait a no, minute, how the exactly. hell is an arachnorock going to look anything like a kadai? And then you get it there, and it's got all the right colors, and it's got the flame stuff spitting out of the mouth, and you've done a little, you know, it's like a change here, a change there. It's not like, oh, this is an arachnorock. It's supposed to be a kadai. You've made it into that, and I, I just, I guess, I never have that vision in my head. I never think of, ooh, bits of this and bits of that would make a cool the other, like. Well, it, it gives you the opportunity to flex your creative muscle. Like, you know, GW provides this great baseline of models, you know, that you can immerse yourself in. But if you want to stray from those and combine kits or, or do whatever, you know, the, the tournament scene and the community at large embraces that. So that's, that's neat to see. Or if you want to stay with the GW stock stuff, you can do that too. There's no, you know, wrong answer here. But I it mean, is cool to see. Get- that inspiration for that army literally came from me going, I, you read right in the Tamarcon book, it says it uses the Arachnorok base. It calls it out as that. And I went, I, I literally went, oh, Arachnorok base, that's huge. Oh, that Arachnorok model is so sweet. I wish I had mm-hmm. one. You know, and then fill in the blanks for the rest. Like that's how yeah. the whole army then progressed from there. Well, oh, well, I could do a, how do I make an Arachnorok work as a Kadai? Well, then I, I make it a whole themed army. And I, I even have a backstory to the army that I kind of created as I was painting in my head and everything. And it, it, you, it's however you want to do it. it that's going to be individual taste, I right. think, is or do you have a theme in mind? Um, I think maybe – having that theme in mind and having something that you're passionate about might fuel you a little bit better to do something like this. I don't know. That That's just my insight. You know, if, if you've got an army, you're like, oh, I really want to see what this looks like on the tabletop, and I, I love this idea, and you're just kind of letting it organically grow as you're building it, uh, you know, I think that could that could really work well for somebody wanting to crank an army out in two months. That that army I did in, uh, in, in about a month or two as well because uh, I, I was doing that one for a North Star. Hmm. Yeah, I I think that that passion for that idea behind the army is great fuel. I think the danger is if you're if you're not as quick as you are, Grant, like for me, sometimes that passion sort of peters out and I lose interest if if the army takes too long. So there's something to be said for that speed. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, just put I mean, put the army together, find what inspires you. Um, You know, I, I see Paul Wagner. Uh, you know, every once in a while I was posting on Twitter, Hey, uh, hobby inspiration. I think just today he was mm-hmm. posting a bunch of pictures of trees and colors and I'm assuming he's going to do wood elves, but that's what inspired him. So yeah. having something that inspires you or, or a theme, uh, not necessarily in, you know, spiders, chaos words, but uh, just a color or something like that. And I think that will help drive you t- through this speed painting, uh, mm-hmm. because it's going to be an idea that you want to see implemented. And so now we're going to put it time-based and we're going to see that implemented in two months. Would so you consider, cool uh, would you consider win- winning at all costs to be a valid theme slash motivator? <laughs> uh, maybe if you're bred. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, jeez, oh, Yeah. Well, let's just keep slamming on Brad. Why I, not? I, I, I didn't see anybody else. Of course, with Andrea a does a great job, and she doesn't play that way. Andrea's nice. Yeah, we true. like Andrea. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. Super nice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
so purchasing the army is important, you know, whether you're buying in bulk. Um, I think, uh, and, and unit fillers are sometimes controversial, as long as you can pull off the right number of models, you know, and, and it's not confusing for your opponent, I think that unit fillers are a great way to not only reduce cost, um, you know, people sometimes slam on you for uh, trying to reduce the cost of your army by using a unit filler, but it makes it interesting. I mean, in when I was putting together these dwarves, I mean, the, the dwarves are so low to the ground and chunky that it is really hard to uh, uniquely and interestingly pose them or convert them to, to be anything neat. So the only way I could really find to do that is through adding some unit fillers uh, to just to, to, to make things look a little bit different. So um, uh, everybody's got their own opinion about unit fillers. Um, I, I say use them. Uh, I, I'm in the club that unit fillers are sweet. They make armies look different. You can, you know, if, if you make a base that's a, you know, 50 mil or even larger, you know, say you're, say you're doing maybe eight 20 millimeter bases that you're, uh, that you're filling in, you, know, you could do something pretty cool and, um, I don't know what you'd call it, poetic. I say as long as, as, long as you it, can tell a story on that on right. that that unit. As long as yeah, as long as it fits the theme and it looks and good. Effort, effort is the key. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I don't even mind how big it is. Now, I mean, if it's over like half your models, then I'm starting. To, then I I'm starting to look at you funny too. But I think I think Grant, you hit an important thing on the head. As long as I can pull off the right number of models, I mean, I'll see a lot of people with they have their, you know, like I have. I mean, my armies are all twenty mil models. So if you take those forty mil bases and intersperse a few forty mil bases in there and and have a little scene going on or a little something or other, where you can pull out a four and move a couple models back in easily without it causing trouble, I think unit fillers are great. They add to that sort of diorama effect of the of the scene, and it can get you that extra pop, that extra. You know the people are given a, a second look. You know, it's just when yeah. you got a, a when you got a horde of forty, and then there's you know a, a big a big rock in the center that takes up twenty of them, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> people will yep. look. People yeah. will give you the stink eye for that. You know, right. hey, I've got a ring of I got a single row: the fronts, the flanks, and the back, and then I have a big thing in the middle <laughs> so, you know even even that one at adepticon that that goblin you know unit is i, I don't mind that one i think Which it's fine as unit? long as you can tell there's the there's uh, the one that everybody always brings up is the guy that won last year i think caleb walters okay yeah is, AKA is it was. Scooter. Yep. yeah oh okay is, he, is that scooter no i thought it was a oh anyway. scooter. that's his brother uh, caleb scooter's is his brother yeah, okay, caleb's yeah. Brother. um yeah, a lot of people bring up his giant unit of night goblins, and he's got uh, you know literally probably six wide by five deep unit filler in it, and I, I think it's fine as long yeah, as you I can tell. It either, looks good. It's well done. Yeah, it's modeled. You know, according to the theme, it is well done, and, and there's effort there. Yeah, okay with as, as long as you can pull it out and replace the other models in it pretty quick, I don't have a problem with it. Heck, you, you guys know my friend uh, Brad uh, Brad Pascal who plays VC. Yeah, yeah. His, like, he does not have any, he has very few individual zombie models because he basically put them on threes and twos and fours. And they're not exactly unit fillers, but they're all sort of linked together. So he could pull them out in chunks because they get pulled out in big chunks. Right. And, but on those little threes and fours, sometimes he'll add a little something because he's got a, an 80 by 20. So it's not so much a unit filler as, 
You it's know, just the footprint that you, that really matters at that point. Right. right, and he might have only three zombies on it and then a gravestone or put a little something in there that he thought looked good. But still, once again, it's theme, and I guess you could call it a unit filler, even though it's only partially filler. But he does that type of stuff, and I mean, it, as long as it, like you said, as long as it looks good and it yep. fits the theme, I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, and and I think you have to pick and choose your battles as far as that goes too. I mean, is it is it going to be worth your time to you know make something that looks cool and do? Is it going to stand out? Is it going to add to your paint score? Are people going to go, hey, that's pretty awesome? Or are you really just going to throw three models on a base that you know takes up the space where eight models is? You know, I mean, there's a difference there. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because that doesn't that doesn't add value to your army. It doesn't add you know a, a, a visual uh, creativity to your army. It and it's is, attracting the wrong kind of attention. Yes, yes. Um, and but I think I think picking and choosing your battles is really the key to this whole thing, which is you know making sure that you're spending the right time in the right places and little to no time in the places where it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Uh, so I think that you have to, if you kind of move on from the purchasing and now we got to put that army together, you, you really have to assemble everything first. The So the entire army, get everything put together. And this is one of those things where pick and choose your battles, your, your all your rank and file troops, Get them together, scrape the mold lines off, get them ready to go, but don't spend any more time on them than you need. Uh, Some people are really mold line specific. Some people are not. I myself only do because you're pretty much always looking from the top down. I will only clean models or mold lines off from above. So if you turn my models upside down and there's mold lines under there, there I mean, there will be. So, <laughs> so only clean mold lines off from the top. People don't – the only time somebody's going to turn your model upside down to look at that model is if they're, you know, judging your army at one of the top tables. Mm. And uh, not at the top tables, but you know, as one of the top armies. That's not what we're going for, and that's not right. what I'm going for. Um, I want it to look sweet from looking down on it at the table. So that's one thing that I do. Hmm. Um, and that's all, that's only on the troops. So the characters spend your time on the characters because, well, they're, they're the characters. They're going to be standing up at the front of your display board. They're going to be the things that people pick out. So if you're going to spend that time to do that, do it on your characters. I think, and, and the same goes for if you are going to do any uh, conversions. And I'm not going to go into a whole lot of time on how to do conversions. And I mean that could that's that's a probably show three more episodes. Show. Yeah, yeah. So um, you, you know, pick and choose your battles there too. Uh, some painting checklists say most models in your army mm-hmm. are are converted. I, I don't think most of the models do, as long as those those big standout, you know, either your characters or your, your large models, your, your Glotkin or your, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever it is. And Nagash, I mean, I, I don't know if you're ever going to see Nagash converted that much. Cause it, it's just such a cool model. 
Well, you could have the uh, the old uh, infantry guy put it on that big base. That could be your conversion. Yeah. That could. Well, you got to make a black pyramid for it. You put him on top of yeah. a black pyramid. Yeah. I want one of those models. So the the of what the black pyramid? I want an old Nagash. I never, I never, oh, got, the, yeah. I never bought one when they were available, I, and now they're gone. I had an old Nagash. I did. I used to play Undead. That was one of my armies when I. It was just Undead then. It was just like the Undead Legion. So we're just going backwards. Except you could take mummies then, and they were way cooler. Yeah. So, yeah, just pick and choose your battles when you're prepping. Definitely. Uh, this is the point when you are going to be the most mechanical, except for when you're doing your conversions. I mean, you're just going to be gluing and, and you know, putting things together. I think, again, planning is, is key. So if you're going to be putting, um, you know, you're putting magnets in, if you're going to be magnetizing your army, so look forward to the future, are you going to be magnetizing your bases? Put the magnets in while you're putting everything together. Yeah, just do all the bases at the same time and assembly line. Uh, something that I've never really done, um, but I do it for terrain for bits would be, uh, you know, utilizing your buddies and offering some beer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this would be the time where, you know, your, your creative influence doesn't come into it quite as much in the assembling. So, you know, no, unless true. there are certain things that you're, you are converting. Um, and even then you can kind of be the director. Uh, you know, I, I have, uh, um, I have been known to do more mundane things for less beer, <laughs> you know, because usually the beer is, uh, you know, the, the beer is, is a flowing and, and the friendship yeah. is good. And uh, so I, I think that, uh, you know, the right person could get their his buddies to come over. If you, if you really had this goal of getting an army knocked out, uh, you know, and you shared that with them, I think they'd be willing to come help you. That's interesting. I never considered because I always thought, you know, this is my my hobby, my army kind of my leisure activity. So to yep. recruit people to do that is an interesting take. I think, and again, the, the paint for some reason to me is a little more personal. The assembly, meh, it's hmm. not, not as, uh, you know, you're not going to have them do your conversions for you. Uh, I mean, unless you want them to, I mean, I, I don't see anything against that. Maybe you, you are worried about your conversion skill and you want somebody to do it for you. No, it makes uh, if you're talking about gluing, yeah. you know, assembling the, the mag magnetizing portion of it, certainly that's not artistic by any means. So yeah, yeah pick and choose. Yeah, your so battles, just, so. just crank it out, make your move trays at the same time. Uh, Cause when you get done with your prep, you want to have everything together. Um, and I, I'm even going to say, you know, I hear a lot of, of people who paint say paint things, you know, uh, some of those models you have to assemble after you paint them. I, I've never done that. Never once have I painted something before I assembled them. Um, hmm. Unless you're talking about maybe um, cavalry, you know, off the horses. I have done that before. Right. But your um, uh, dwarf gyrocopter and or bomber, did you paint that and then assemble all together? No, I that's okay. that was all together. I'm gonna have to give David a uh, a quick lesson on that. <laughs> no kidding. Well, it's I mean, the only place where it really and and um, that's 
I, I think I heard you guys talking about that on another episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought, oh, I didn't have to do that. The only place that it affects is inside that cockpit. And if you spray everything black anyway, I mean, it's going to be dark in there. Nobody's looking inside <laughs> that cockpit. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, you're still going to pick true. out all the like, – like I picked out all the, the, the controls and the, the dial pad. You put the little radar on the dial pad and everything. But the – you know, down inside – nobody's looking down inside. So that's true, uh, I, I would I would I would just I would just put it all together. I, th- I think that's too much worry for for not enough payoff. Now again, this that's kind of picking picking and choosing your battles. Picking your battles. Because so. then you've got you know then you've got little bits all over the place. You've got them sticking up on cork all over your desk, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I've seen people with you know corks, and then they they kind of pin it to there, and it's like that's a whole bunch of time that you just spent. You know you probably spent an hour sticking all these things to the cork so that you can paint it when, you know, you could have been done painting all those pieces in that hour. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's just the way that I look at it. Um, well, I mean, that's, so here's, that's, yeah, with speed in mind. Yeah. That certainly makes sense. With, with speed in mind. And again, you know, you're going to have people say, Oh great, you're full of it. But if you, you're painting with speed in mind and, uh, and it's still going to come out looking just fine. Uh, you know, it, it really is. It, I don't see a difference between how it would have looked when I, if I had painted it before I put it together. I, I, I really don't see how, how it would have been different um, or anything that I would have seen. So uh, the next thing that I'm going to say is probably people are going to go, Oh my God. Um, so with my metal models going by the wayside, um, a great way to, um, to speed things up is to pick a color that is going to be your predominant color, get a spray paint for it, and don't even worry about priming. So mm. I have not primed a model. Well, so, sometimes if my base color is going to be like black, like on some of the Warriors, and I'm going to do a like a dry brushed armor uh, chain mail. Yeah. And then I'll do a black, but most of my armies are spray painted, not primed spray painted the base color. Interesting. Um, so, hmm. and like even uh, Dave, I don't know with those demons, I know you used your airbrush. I don't know if you primed first or not, but you know, my, my question is why, why prime? Uh, you know, it's it's like something that we've always done. We've always done it as a hobby. Well, I thought that prime, the, acrylic, prime the models before you. I thought acrylic water-based paint wouldn't stick to the plastic that well. I thought that's why we yeah, prime. Maybe, may, you know, maybe um, at that point. But I always just use the base color as the base instead of. But I've I've never had um, the paint go chipping off. You know, I would prime the metal models because paint chips off pretty quick. But, um, you know, just still use a spray paint and spray paint the base color. I think that's a great mm. quick way to speed things up. Um, yeah, that is a massive time. A, a good, good well, example. Well, for my dwarves, I airbrushed. I used the airbrush prime primer. And so I primed them all black. And then when I got to the end, I went back to the beginning and that had already dried off. And then I started with the Vallejo air, the metal and I just did a whole, I mean, the whole model solid in the metal. 
So an airbrush is on my Christmas list for this year. I've never used one, so I don't know how well that would stick. Um, but there are a lot of spray paints right now that are um, like primer as well as paint, and you can get tons of color uh, colors in that. Um, yeah. My my lizard my lizard men that I'm going to do. I, I already have three cans of the color that I'm going to use for the base, and um, I think Raj did that with his. Um, tentacle army. I think it was all just kind of a spray paint to one color and then a lot of highlights above it, but you know, a lot of blending. Mm-hmm. And his end. But I think that's how he did that. Uh, if I remember him talking about that. So that, that's a great way, especially if you're doing something like lizards, um, undead is good for that. Like skeletons, yep. uh, you know, just, just get them all. Uh, you, you could get like an off white spray paint, and just spray paint them all like that. And then, you know, wash over it. So I'm not saying this is the best way to do it, but it's an option. So if you have an army that you're going to have predominantly one color, spray paint the whole thing that color. <laughs> just start start from there. The 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 wapples of the world are going to just cringe at that. But well, yeah. But again, it's a different uh, objective, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can still prime. I'm not saying don't prime your models. I'm just saying that before you do. Um, do you really need to, uh, you know, is, is it, you know, what is that accomplishing? Is it, you know, getting a, getting your base coat? Is it because, um, you know, you don't think that the paint will stick to the model? I, I don't know. I guess it depends on what paint you're using and, and everything, but, uh, you could, you could skip over that. Now I, I will say that I have always spray painted them first, whether it's primer or paint or something. Um, you know, I, I have always used the spray paint. But it's not always just like the black, gray, or white. A lot of times it'll be the, the predominant color in the army is what they'll get spray painted. <laughs> well, on that controversial note, <laughs> we're going to take another quick break. Then we're going to come back, and Grant's going to tell us, now that he's got his unprimed but base-coated models, <laughs> where he goes from there. So, all right, folks, we'll be back in just a moment. Folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mirce Miniatures at MierceMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter... Those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com, and seriously, guys, you'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the garage. Talk, talking about uh, speed painting with Grant, and uh, models are selected, they're assembled, and they're and painted. they're not primed. <laughs> <laughs> they're not primed. Yeah, right. yeah. 
uh, you know, and I think that that's just something that I'm going to uh, ask that, that every time I look at your models now. Are these models now, is that primed? primed? Is that primed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, everybody like spends an extra, you know, five bucks on a can of white paint when they're just going to paint it red over that. You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, you don't really need to do that. Why not just prime it red? And then you say, well, it's not primer. Well, it does the same thing and it sticks. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's it's, it's you know, demons. I think really lends itself to that. You know, you've got predominantly green Nurgle dudes. You got predominantly red uh, corn dudes. Uh, so, so depending on army, it may or may not work. So, I mean, that lends it to that main color. So, when you're picking your base colors, pick. That one or two. So now we're, we're talking about how do we make that army look good on the table, something that's uh, pleasing aesthetically to the eye. Uh, because I think a lot of times when you try to do things quick, they come out looking you know sloppy, or that's kind of the what you think is going to come out. Mm-hmm. But when you have that uniform color and everything looks uniform on the table, it really... Um, forgives when you do have a little bit of sloppiness in there um, because the whole army still looks like a whole. It looks good together. It's so if you've got that, yeah. that, that one or two, and it's consistent, if you've got those that one or two colors uh, to add to that theme, I mean, you really need to, to go with those colors. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that? Well, since every army I have my... <laughs> Since I have green upon green upon green upon green, I I would agree. That's where I started with. I mean, <laughs> it's like my favorite color in my whole VC army. Everything's got some green in it. Everything. It, I, yeah. I, 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 it's the one thing that ties everything together that I know can tie everything together, even if theme-wise or model-wise, it may not all be perfect. I know that. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're consistent with that color across the whole army, yeah, there is a little room for error. You know, with, with orcs and everything, if this is big tide of green, no one's going to notice. If, you know, a lot if you're outside the line here or there. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah, I I think it's important. I mean, really keeping it simple is is key. I think with the the fewest number of base colors that you can use is the better. Um, you can my my dwarves that I just did had. Uh, let me see. They had blue, white, brown, steel, and flesh. And yeah, I think that's it. So five, they had five colors. And that's it for base colors. So if you only have five colors that you have to do for base colors, you know, you, you know, okay, I'm just sitting down, I'm going to use this, 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 do this unit of, uh, 30 models and it's, you know, say I can do each one in a minute, mm-hmm. you know, you know, each color in a minute. So for the base colors, this, this unit is going to take me, um, you know, 30 minutes for each color. So five colors, it'll take me two, about two, two and a half hours to get everything base coded, um, in one 30 man unit. So you can kind of time yourself like that. A lot of times doing just one color will take you even under a minute per model, but um, again, you, that gets quicker as you, sure, and, and this is just base on. color. Um, I, I think another thing to not worry about if you're doing this, uh, you know, quickly 
is that you are going to be touching things up. You are going to be going over things with highlights and everything. I mean, the, the little slip here and there, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the things that, the thing, the things that you go, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I missed that. I, I, you know, that's got a little splash on it. You know, pe- people aren't going to be looking at that as they look at your, um, your, your great, army coming across the, the field that looks great together. Um, they're not going to notice that you, uh, um, you know, spilled over a little bit here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm not talking big. I'm not talking about, you know, if, if you accidentally, you know, swipe your brush across the huge swath of area that you know <laughs> was another color, you got to fix that uh, obviously. But, um, I think, I think just don't, uh, don't kill yourself over small imperfections. Because the the next step for me after base colors is washes. So this is where the Minwax came in. Um, again, the, the Dwarf Army and several other armies that I do, this is where people used to – what did they say about Devlin Mud? It was like – Liquid like talent. In, in, liquid, liquid talent, right, right. Well, I mean – there are still some. I mean, what, what's so Agrax Earthshade? Mm-hmm. I, I still use that. Pretty. I mean, the Dwarf Army was base colors, and then the whole thing Agrax Earthshade. Just a. Uh, I called it the Agrax Shower. <laughs> because they just. What does it do? It it makes the lower parts darker. Yep. Leaves the higher parts lighter. I mean, that's what it does. It really just. Uh, I mean, it's going to give everything a little bit dirtier look. So, um, but, but oftentimes that's what you want. Yeah. Oftentimes that's what you want. But with this method that I've been doing, you're highlighting over that anyway. So it still comes out looking pretty, pretty clean afterwards. So, um, I just say be, be liberal with the wash. Uh, you know, before you you do the army, you're probably going to buy two pots of it. And, and I think it's okay to use the same wash over the whole model. Um, again, a lot of people go, oh my gosh, you're going to put that same wash over the skin. You're going to put the, you know, you're going to put the same wash over the clothes that you do over the skin that you, you know, you do over the weapons. Sure. Why not? Um, it, it kind of ties everything together and you're going to be highlighting over it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't detract from it at all. Um, on top of that wash, I always do really stark highlights. So uh, more and more armies that you're seeing now are almost cartoonish. And that's where you're getting that from is, is you're, mm-hmm. you're getting those, those harsh transitions um, going from dark to light. The, the way that I learned to do that was really just shining a bright light at the model. And you could see, well, okay, well, what really looks the lightest when I'm shining that bright light at the model? And that's where you're going to put that stark highlight at. So it's going to naturally then you've, you've got the base color, you washed it. So in the cracks, you're getting the dark, uh, you're getting the middle color, um, you know, in the area between your dark and where you're going to put the highlight. And then you're putting your highlight on not even the peaks, not the tips, not the, not the little edges. You can be liberal and, you know, swath on, uh, I, a, you know, a, a very liberal line onto things and it will really pop, Uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe I'll have to get some pictures, 
so I can put this up because this does not make for great radio. I don't think. <laughs> no, I, I I can follow you. Yeah, I'm, follow, you. I'm following along. I mean, it it uh, it's always better to see when you're talking about painting. But I mean, dude, we do plenty of painting episodes. Just you're being you're you're crystal clear. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think I think I've even talked to you a little bit about it, Dave. When it's like you're you're not worried so much about it, you're you're worried about making those you know the the areas that are exposed to light popping out at you. So so just make sure that that area has the highlight on it. And some people get get I think a little too um, worked up and think that their highlights look bad. No, it's gonna it's gonna look good. On the table, um, in my opinion, a, a army does not have to be perfectly blended for it to be a great army. And you know, I think a, a really great example of that is John Cash's Chaos Dwarf Army. I mean, his, his army is always top tables, and and what does he do? He does stark highlights with that orange mm. that contrasts so crazy against the black. That, uh, you know, and, and that's all it is. He's using these stark orange highlights that really have almost no transition. If you look at it, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a rainbow of orange. Uh, you know, you can, see the, you can see the lines and where the transitions are, but it really looks pretty darn good. It does. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your insight on that? Have you, I think, Dave, you've, you've done that a little bit, haven't you? Um. Yeah, I mean, I try. I mean, it's, it don't look like his. But. Well, I, I think. Well, no, you're like, I, I think of your terror geist, and I remember like on the wings. Didn't you do some kind of like lining on oh, the wings on the, that really? The geist. That was Chris Hughes. Suge- Chris Hughes. That was Chris's suggestion. Oh, uh, on the vargeist. Yeah, okay. I went with yeah. the uh, the. I, I painted the brown on the wings, and then I went through basically almost sort of, not really a dry brush, but with a the lighter paint and then just where the ridges were, I hit it and then I went back and lined it all. So each little highlight was really, yeah. So I kind of did it with the, uh, grave guard with their, uh, with the, uh, you know, the cloth on the, uh, on their cloak, oh, you yeah, know, the, okay. uh, but that's just cause I don't know how to blend real good, but I went in there and hit those lights really good. Just went back and just, if you, I always said, if you don't know how to do that really seamless blending, like you see on some of these armies, I went uh, dark green, slightly lighter green, went in with the big, big swat of highlight, slightly lighter green, smaller area, slightly lighter green, smaller area. And you look at it, you can see it pops, but if as soon as you pick it up and look at it, you can just see each layer, you know, one over another yeah. over another. Right. It's, it's It looks stylistic, you know, it's sort of like that... Uh, I compare it's, it's, pain, it's painterly. You can see the brush strokes. Exactly. But it's uh, yeah. from the three foot test. It, it's you know it's convincing. Yeah. It really stands out, and, and the brighter those colors are, the the more it stands out. Uh, I'm trying to think of other armies that are good examples of this. Uh, Gary Luther's ogres. If you've ever seen them, they're very very drastically highlighted like that. Um, I'm trying to think of any. Good examples of of just really drastically highlighted. What do you guys think of those ones? Like I've seen some of them, especially in the in the latest couple of uh, the um, oh, what is it? The um, you know the Warhammer Visions. They show some of these armies that people do, and they go up. And I've seen some of these uh, Warriors of Chaos armies that go up from 
purple to almost an ice blue, almost to white on all the highlights, where it's so oh yeah bright that mm-hmm. it's 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 almost looks like pastels at some point. It's that bright. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it, it really does pop. But to me, it's it's so much. I mean, it's such a cartoon. I don't, you know. It, it, I wonder. I, mean, it's, I it's, wonder it's, if a lot of it's, 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 a lot. taste. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it certainly does pop. Oh, you know, yeah. It's, uh, you know, on the table, it grabs uh, your eye. other armies that are that are perhaps darker. Yeah, and, and I, I remember seeing a couple. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, color is just a, such a subjective thing, too. Yeah, it is. It is, and and it does make it. The drastic highlights are going to make it look a little bit more cartoony, but it is going to attract the eye. You know, it's going to be. You know, people are going to go, ooh, um, you know, and, and take a look at it, and 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 people will like. Oh, people will look at it and say that looks like a great army out on the table, and I think Dave. I mean, I really think that your, uh, you know, your vampires. Even though you, you know, you 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 didn't go out on the table in about two two months, I think is it is a good example of, uh, you know, with just a couple of tweaks, you know, is 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 an example of a great looking army that looks good on the table, you know, tied together with that green. Um, I, I'm sure you well, get thank you. several compliments on it when you're, you know, when you're setting up, cause you always downplay yourself just, just nonstop. You're, oh, this is no good. It's you know not where I want to be. And it's, it looks good altogether there. So I appreciate um, it. Yeah. I think the, the stark highlights and washes though, or the, the stark highlights um, does get better over time, the better brush control you get. So, um, you know, again, keep practice, practice, practicing. You're going to get quicker with that. You, you'll you'll just start to know where those high areas that I'm going to you know swath with color color there. Um, I've only got really one other topic that I think is kind of the key topic, and that's details. I don't, do you want to take another break, or should we just no? We got to dive we've, right in. No, we've only been in, we've only been back about twelve minutes. Let's keep going. Oh, sweet, sweet. Um, any questions so far? I kind of kind of flew through that that base color and, and washes and highlights, but how do you make uh, it? it how do you get it, it smooth? Yeah. That's my big question because your stuff really does seem smooth. Like like we talked about, like as you, Chris, you pointed painterly. I, I can see. I definitely have a lot of brush strokes mm-hmm. in there that you can see. And Grant, yours, you really have to look close to see the brush strokes. How do you get it? I mean. You do it quick. Yeah, and it seems I, so smooth. Is there a, it's, a trick? It's, it's um, water, definitely. So watering down the paints. You know, you'll hear that from everybody. Oh, you got to water down the paints. You can't paint out of the pots. You got to water down your paints. Um, you know, don't don't water it down too much. But um, I also, I'm just a habitual brush licker. I don't know if anybody else is, but. <laughs> I mean, you probably don't want to paint with my brushes because I've licked all of them. Those almost um, sound like fighting I, words, Grant. Yeah, I know. I kind of <laughs> I'm a professional brush brusher. licker. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I mean, just making sure that you're keeping it wet the whole time. Well, that's what she said. The, <laughs> the brushes, the brushes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, making sure that you're not painting out of the pot, painting on, you know, you use like a very simple palette, keep that paint wet, and, and you know, literally it should be half water, half paint. Um, right. I, it's not just a little bit of water. It's, 
you know, it, you really can't go too thin until you go too thin because because you'll go, oh, that's too thin <laughs> when well, you put you, it on. You technically, you never really go too thin because uh, it, it it doesn't uh, create any problems for you if you apply it too thin. If yeah, anything, think, if it, it's just a thin think, layer that you can kind of control and slightly add more paint, you know, as needed. With speed in mind, you can probably go too thin because <laughs> then you'll have to go right. back over yep. everything. But um, I, I, you know, half water, half uh, paint is still good enough. And uh, again, when you're painting like that, I mean, it's it's going to, you know, the surface tension is going to break a little bit, and and it will spread out a little bit wider than what your actual breaststroke is, and that's kind of what you want. You want it to look like a natural stroke, then instead of just a, you know, instead of a brush line, because if you're if it is watered down and you just you, you literally, I mean, imagine yourself being Zorro with that paintbrush and, um, you know, just, just kind of flicking, you know, you f- flick, 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 there's my Z. Well, just flick once for every, um, you know, for every little line or highlight that you're doing. And that's how you're kind of preventing that brush stroke and keeping it quick. So it's just, you know, bam, 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 hitting all those highlights there with, you know, that half water, half paint. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little prowess, I guess, and a little, uh, a little brush control, like I said, yeah. but I think the more you practice that, the better. Um, if you, if, if you ever watch me do this, you know, you'll see that's all I do is, is I just, um, you know, dip and then bam, 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 dip, bam, bam, bam with, with the highlights, uh, you know, and just as, as quick, I think the quicker, the better, because it allows less time for your hand to shake or for you to, to get off so you can, uh, so somebody listening in could really just take this whole conversation the wrong way. So, <laughs> well, um, yeah. So, so, so the last section, so this is the most important section. And again, it's about picking and choosing your battles, but it's, this is what's going to get you the paint points. This is all just about all of the paint points are going to come from details. So that's why I say all the rest of this stuff, don't spend your time on it. I mean, spend your time so that it, it, it looks good, looks consistent, but don't spend any more time on making sure every line is perfect because those aren't going to get you your paint points. Um, you know, those aren't going to get you a completed army. So th- what does get you the paint points is some of these details. Um, so have, have you ever heard the adage about what details you need to do, either of you guys? What's it? Shields... Bases, something like that. I know it's yeah, yeah. It's banners, faces, fa- yeah, faces, bases, banners, and shields is the uh, is the the old adage about that. So that 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 couldn't be more true. So if you're doing details, here's a couple of things you need to pick up um, to get your tournament points. You need to have a fine detail brush, obviously. Uh, you need to have a micro pen. So I don't know if you've seen these or if, if anybody has these at all or not, but get yourself, you know, you don't, they usually don't sell them at the office supply store, but at Michael's or craft stores, you can buy a micro Sharpie or a micro pen. I've actually got Hold three on, I got different a package sizes. package of them right here. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, bought them for me. She uses them for uh, scrapbooking. Um, no, what do you, what do you use those Sakura of America.com, the Micron pens. You can use them. Yeah, Micron. Uh, that's it. That's it. Right. I use them um, like the books, open books for the dwarfs. 
they're ultra fine pigment pens. You can write, and it looks like the, you could, you know, look like you're putting the writing in the book. Right. Yeah. And it's ultra fine, rich pigment, and but it doesn't have the looseness of a brush. I actually used my black one to black out all my ghouls' eyes because my ghouls have solid black eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I bought can, white ones and I tried to eyes. get in and get the dwarf size with the white. The dwarf size under those helmets are so small I couldn't get the pen in there. So oh, I, was, yeah. I was pissed. <laughs> I'm like, I wanted to cheat. Is is the smallest micro pen, how does that compare in size to your smallest detail brush? It's, I would imagine uh, the brush is, is smaller, no? No. Uh, well, I mean, the smallest brush is probably one hair. But <laughs> I, but I, I wouldn't no want to control I, with I something wanna, like that. Yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to paint with that brush. I mean, the, these Micron pens are, are phenomenal. You can do you can do eyeballs. You can do... Um, I have a... These are point two millimeters. Yep. Minor point... Let me put it this way. You know, I mean, Chris, you've seen my ghouls, the, the Mantic ghouls. Yep. I put the pen tip in there, the black one. Uh, in the eyeball and actually had to draw like I was moving it back and forth to fill in and move around I actually had to move it around quite a bit just to fill in the eye the pens are that tiny I mean it's a fifth of a millimeter so Grant do you find yourself using that micro pen for eyeballs yeah yeah I do I, uh, eyes um, I actually never used to and then I tried it on the doors as well oh, why did I ever not do that uh, it was, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, the control is so much better than that of a brush. And, you know, the, the eyes, there's a lot of different techniques for painting eyes on miniatures, but, um, with the way that I do eyes, uh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Hmm. Um, yeah, also banners. I mean, it can really help you with outlines on freehanding banners, um, to, to no end. I mean, if you've, if you've created some design that you want to have on that banner, um, you know, you just, just outline it with that fine detail brush and then just, just, it pops uh, then pr- pretend it's a coloring book, you know, co- yeah. color in those lines. And then after you're done, go over it again, uh, just to make sure that, that, you know, th- those lines are defined. I mean, right. it's, yeah, it, it works really well and so much easier to control for that small of a project than, than a, a paintbrush. So much easier. A couple other things you want to make sure you pick up. You want to make sure you have multiple flock for your bases. A lot of checklists or multiple flock. Um, you don't have to get intricate with your bases to get a lot of points. You, you just have to have a couple of different kinds of flock. Usually just sand, paint the sand, dry brush over that, put a, a flock or two of different kinds on there, and that is the, the quick and easy way to do that. But... Um, you know, a lot of time people spend a lot of time putting um, these extra tufts on and putting on, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of different little detail. Well, well, it's good. Again, any of these things I'm talking about, I feel like I'm spending a lot of time saying, don't do this, don't do this, this is bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's with this type of project in mind. Right. With, with this in mind, pick and choose your battles is, is um, you know, the, the, the skull embedded into the sand, is that going to get you your extra paint points? No, probably not. Um, but having those mul- just you know, dabbing some glue on, dipping it in your flock, dabbing some glue on again, dipping it in a different flock. That's going to get you. Um, that's going to get you your paint points there. Right, army wide. If you're consistent, army army wide. Yeah. Making sure that it's consistent, but um, yeah, keeping it uniform, keeping it tidy, and keep it simple. 
uh, and for the bases, definitely. Uh, faces, I say if you are going to do really stark highlights like we talked about before, like really stark, um, I would really pull them up on the faces. Faces shine through. It's the first thing, Dave, we were talking about your your dwarf that you posted on Twitter the other day. The, the first thing you look at in that picture is the face. It just is. Yep. And it's because it's the brightest thing in the model. It So um, definitely do that. I myself don't do eyeballs on any um, anybody except for characters. The yeah, you know, it just what's it do time though? consuming process like with your dwarfs. You, you I mean you've got I mean I know your dwarf models very well. What do you do for the eyeballs? I mean you just they are they are dark, sunken, sullen. That's what they are. Uh. <laughs> So so you, like you just been put up it in a wash night. and you let the wash lay heavy in the yep, eye, uh, yeah, eyeball yeah. pits? Yep. Okay. Yeah, and then you 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 highlight an up enough around it to make it look like they're all just kind of sunken. Oh, um, so like it's in shadows. Like when the like Yeah. Like all the cool drawings of the guy, you know, the, the mysterious guy with the cloak. You can never actually yes. see his eyes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. And and that it's that that's just how I leave it. the The door is still open. That's one of those things that you can always go back and do, um, do eyeballs. But every eyeball done on every model, um, unless it's a very hard paint checklist, is probably not going to be um, on that checklist. The so this, so that's faces. Make sure you're bringing those highlights up pretty high, and uh, and definitely on the characters do. The eyeballs, because they will look at characters. You know, somebody who's doing painting is going to look at your, your standout models, and not necessarily all your troops. Mm-hmm. The banners is the next thing. Um, I think for the beginner, and what I used to do is, I mean, if you, I don't know if you check out the Magnificent Bastards website, but they just recently posted all of the old banners from all of the books. So, oh, they? so you can print like the out dwar- the, the old dwarf banners, the old, um, or, or really just use any picture. I mean, Google images is so amazing. Um, you know, you just, just type Google. So, so let's say I'm doing a, let's say I'm doing an orc army. I want to do a neat banner. I can go to Google. I can type images or uh, type orc glyph or warhammer and then click images. And it's going to come up with all of these awesome picture inspirations I mean, you can literally just, uh, um, you know, copy that down, print it up and, you know, use your pen and kind of trace around and then paint over it. I mean that, you know, you'd have to shrink it down to size, but for somebody who doesn't feel like they have the ability to truly freehand, I think that that is an awesome option for you to be able to do. Um, I did that with, um, one of my, one of my warriors ones, you know, that eyeball one, Oh yeah, um, on the Zinch model, that was what that was originally. It was just a kind of an inspirational picture I saw on on um, online, printed it up, and then just co- colored in the lines. and And you know, it makes for a really nice banner. Now on the dwarves, all of them I did um, freehand, and I did like like truly freehand. Um, I did look at some of some banners and things to get some inspiration, but all the, you know, everything around the outside is all freehand. Everything, uh, you know, is truly freehand, but that's not how I started doing it. Uh, so getting freehand banner points is huge. 
uh, it if it's not a tournament that wants you to have free hand, which most do want some sort of free hand, then it's still going to stand out as being like, wow, that looks really good. So if you're going to spend any time making, you know, if nothing else in your army is artistic, I, th- I think the freehand banners is where you really need to go that, that one step overboard, or that one step up because it's a, you know, it's a large palette. It's something that stands out uh, when it's all facing against the opponent. Um, so, so that's definitely some place to, to step it up a notch and add a couple more layers of, of that. And, and don't by all means, please. I see it's so many tournaments where, you know, they'll, somebody will write, something on there you know they'll they'll draw they'll, they'll write like you know eat this or something on their banner and they think mm-hmm. that that's freehand and it's it's just not so it's so kind do of a something that's like, wasted opportunity there for yes that, yes you know. yeah um why isn't that freehand or somebody just writes eat this well i suppose you'd want a little more than just just, well, they're they're missing yeah. out on the artistic opportunity there I to see what really you, okay. make an impression. I see what you're saying. Okay, you're getting into that that you know that argument of you know well what isn't art you know what is art what isn't art um, right you know it's is it in the Warhammer spirit? I don't yeah, think so. Maybe yeah. for like a ragtag imperial regiment of like you know, but even but that even would have then, a symbol around. Right with those words around it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just, it, 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 even if that's what you're going for, it looks lazy. So my advice is don't do that. Don't do, it. do a picture, do a, you know, if you want to incorporate the words, eat this, do it some, somehow creatively, do, um, do it in Latin and then around the emblem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it, it can still be simple. You don't have to go over the top. I think one of the best examples of that is, um, uh, Glenn Harris and his vampires. Uh, Dave, you probably remember this. He's got a, a banner that's the the, the misfits. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like Sim- the zombie face. That? Yeah. It's all it is. It's just just a, a real simple little face. It's, it's the crimson. It's not- yeah. It's the crimson ghost. Yeah. Is that what it is? I I, I don't know what. But that, that's from an old was, 1930s uh, serial, a 15 episode uh, movie serial called. The Crimson Ghost. That was what his mask looked like. For those oh, okay. of you who don't know where the Misfits got it from. <laughs> I'm just a veritable font of useless knowledge. But that was still very simple, but well done and looked good, you know. Um, so you can do it simple. You don't have to go over the top, but just make sure that, that that's where you spend some time making things look good. I'm going to do some Unless... Latin on one of my banners. So I'm going to do that, I think. I'm going to absconde obiserai illegitimo. I, I was going to say, is it, get out of here, you fat this? bastard! <laughs> <laughs> nice. The uh, uh, so the shields, uh, so shields. There's two things. Um, I would say don't do all metallic. That gets really dull, um, and you're missing an opportunity. And again, a, a little bit larger palette usually. I mean, a shield is going to be something that sticks out. It's looking forward. You know, that's the opportunity to really bring out some of the color in the army. So add color to the shield. Um, don't just go straight metallic with that. Um, add your layers of highlight to that shield. You know, Just make sure that those shields really stand out. And if you've got a good flat surface, um, you can use decals. Uh, you know, Decals are kind of an, an old art, but 
you can do decals and not have them look bad. You have to buy a solution called Microsol. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. I, have, I haven't. No. So with, with decals, and we used to use this with Space Marines all the time when you'd put decals on the shoulder pads for you know the ultramarine decals so you put this microsol on there and it kind of acts like shrinky dinks kind of kind of you know shrinks it to a curved you know you've got this flat decal that kind of kind of kind of makes it okay right i know and then it also is sort of like a sealant as well am i correct uh, it might be I, that I don't know. It, it 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 may work as that. I just always use it to make sure that it fits. It. I mean, it kind of uh, breaks down a little bit the uh, the material that it's made out of, but it doesn't lose the ink. So it actually becomes kind of pliable and kind of rubbery. And then you can you know make sure that it it forms to whatever curvature you're on. I don't know if it works as a Maybe, maybe, maybe it keeps it. Uh, yeah, the, the microsol kind of pulls it taut, almost like, uh, uh, like, like the, like the leather on top of a drum. It like pulls it so that it, it there's what, no wrinkles or anything. What is that called? There's a name for that. I don't remember what that is. I don't remember when you're pulling the the leather tight on a drum. Anyway, um, yes. <laughs> so that's 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 kind of what it does. Yeah. The the other thing that I, I used to do with the decals is you'd spray it with a gloss coat and then spray it again with a flat a dull coat, and that yeah. makes the edge of the decal disappear entirely. Disappear, yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of the final thing to the whole army is that that yeah. um, that one that one spray coat. So if you can get uh, an army wide flat, um, some people do do that. So they'll use a gloss coat first because the gloss coat has a really I mean, that is durable, you know, yeah. especially when metal models were more pre- uh, prevalent, mm-hmm. the prevalent, um, you know, something that fell over and was metal would easily chip. So if you're using a, a gloss coat first, that protects it from the chipping and then go over it again with a flat. Um, you know, na- nowadays with the light models, you can really probably just do a flat coat on there. But that really kind of ties everything together, too. For some reason, given everything that same sheen really helps with anything that might you know might not look right or might look like it was kind of thrown together right yeah uh, well some because, some inks might come off as shinier and depending on your paint yes. brands yes yes so, yeah i agree totally agree so with you t- ties everything together there and i mean that's really it i kind of fly flew through everything but that's kind of the point isn't it so so if you're at home listening <laughs> and, and, and painting while you're listening you should have a complete army Sitting on your desk right now. Already, yes. Yes. We're done. <laughs> Are you right. kidding? Grant just painted a whole new army while we were doing this discussion. I've got it. I've got right. it. Now, I, I thought about doing the lizards. I, I do have that whole lizardman army sitting in the in the um, uh, in the case over there, and I thought about doing that for Wapaka, but no, I, I need to take a a little time off from you know. Hobby over cranking, cr- cranking out an army, and yep. uh, you know I'm, I'm still going to do at least one uh, big kind of centerpiece model for the Wapak army, but the yeah I'm not not feeling the whole lizard army. So yeah, I mean as far as doing the army, I mean what what else did we miss anything? Um, do you take display board into consideration, or is that sort of if uh, you have time you'll do that? Yeah, we really didn't talk about that. I mean if you're if you're that needs to be a part of the whole process. And to me, if you're if you're building this army with a tournament in mind, with a painting checklist in mind, um, 
then yes. If you're not painting it with a turn, yeah. If if you're not painting it with a tournament in mind, then you really don't need a display board uh, unless it's something that you really want. You know, the the tournaments, the the main reason for a display board is to carry your army from one table to another. There's really not. I mean, that's how they started. They were trays, and then they evolved. They started evolving into things that had a little piece of terrain on it. And until you know, now you've got the Brandon Palmers of the world that you know are, are, are carts that right. You know, they're, light they're up exhibitions. and fog machines. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to the uh, Golden Throne at Adepticon. I can't wait yeah, to see that. Yeah. As am I. So the but yeah i mean the display board has to be a part of that whole process and can even you know you can reduce some time by uh, kind of doing it as you go like as you're doing the bases do it in the same material have it matching i mean i, I had it in mind the whole time with my dwarves uh, because i did the whole thing magnetized so everything magnetized to the uh, to that tray so i had to make sure that the magnets that i had were strong enough to keep it on because I just transport the whole army on the display board now uh, because the magnets are so good. And I've got the, the movement trays magneted to the display board. And then all the dudes are magnetized to the movement trays and it doesn't move. I took it down to Arkansas and, uh, in a car and it didn't move anywhere uh, in there. Nothing fell over the entire trip down. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid. I think, one time you were over at my place and you turned the thing literally 90 degrees and everything <laughs> stayed on there. No, that was the one time that um, everything stayed 90 degrees except for one model uh, or stayed at 90 degrees except for one model. And he tumbled down and he took the gyrocopter copter out with him. Oh. And I was like, oh, geez. So broke off one wing of the gyrocopter. I'm like, I should not be quite so confident in these magnets. <laughs> It's still really good, and th- those rare earth magnets are crazy. Um, so yeah, take take it take take it in mind the whole the whole time. If you can consolidate time by you know fl- you know painting and flocking and doing that as you're doing the bases on the army, uh, that that that's key. You know the the other thing we didn't talk about is how many podcasts and uh, Netflix shows and audiobooks that you will listen to during this time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, I can kind of bring it upstairs with me. So I've got my hobby room in my basement, and then um, I'll be able to bring everything up on a tray. Have a tray that you can bring it with you, so you're not ignoring your family while you're <laughs> you're painting this. That is, you know, for those of you who have the, um, you know, or head of households like myself, um, That's you know, important. D- don't ignore your family. Make make them a part of it and show them. <laughs> you, hey. Gee, my family ignores me. That's why I come down here and paint. I need yeah. something to do. That's true. <laughs> well, if, if you can leverage yeah. your, your kids and put them to work, you know, hey. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually did. And uh, uh, what, what army did I have them flocking? <laughs> they, they, yeah, they they were they were flocking an army definitely. Oh, they were no, they were doing uh, blood in the sun. They were doing some of the trees. They were oh, dipping nice. the, dipping some of the trees in the flock. Yeah, that's right. So, it put them to work. Put the yep. put the family to work. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so that's really it. I mean, you you asked me to talk about, and I I talked yeah. about endlessly about how to paint an army quick. And I guess to to cap it off, uh, you know, don't uh, don't think that I'm trying to tell anybody not to 
you know, not to excel to a higher standard. Because I think if that's what you want and that's what you want to try, uh, you know, please do it. Because I am not going to be the person who does that, but I love seeing those great armies. You know, I, I think this is for that person that um, either doesn't have the motivation to to do an army over a period of six months to a year, the person who um, you know isn't getting the painting scores that they want. So you know how do they want to know how to 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 bump those up in a quick and easy way? You know that that's who this is really for, um, and and for for you know for for people who are who who play the game but aren't as much into the hobby but still want to have uh, a fully painted army uh, just because it does look better on the table. I mean, there's no denying even the, 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 the gameriest of the gamers uh, or the, the beardiest of the beards will, <laughs> <laughs> you know, will will say that a painted army looks better on the tabletop than all plastic. No doubt. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, so that's it. Any, anything else? I don't know. I, th- I, uh, think, I think that's it. Covered in a yeah. uh, really uh, a big nutshell. I think that's uh, yeah, paint, painting fast armies. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, if anybody has questions or how do how do you do this? I, I don't know if anybody will. A lot of people will be like Grant, you're just you're full of it. But uh, you can feel free to tweet me. I'm on Twitter at Federus Maximus. So, you know, I, I don't mind talking about how I do things. You can yell at me. Of, of course you have to use primer. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> That's going to be the, no primer. What? <laughs> You're going to get tweeted all about that come the uh, come the 10th of the month. Uh, is that? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, we should probably take a, a minute, too, and talk a little bit about uh, some of our first bits discussions. I don't know, Chris. Do you want to? Oh, are we getting time for an exclusive? Time for an exclusive. Uh, sure. Yeah. Exclusive. What did you want to cover? Well, we don't have a lot yet. Um, we are announcing the dates. So the dates are uh, June twenty sixth, which is a Friday, through the twenty eighth. We, which is a Sunday, we will be doing the the club challenge again, the NW two Invitational on the Friday. I'll, now so, I'll know to bring the banner this time. So yeah, really, really good feedback about that. So that's coming back, and then the twenty seventh and twenty eighth is the main event. It is going to be at the same hotel, so feel free to grab your hotel rooms now. Um, and we aren't going to be taking uh, registration, which registration will be with paint. Payment. Uh, we'll be taking that uh, January second is when we're going to start taking registration. So a little bit later. Last year, I think we started in October, so we would have been taking payments already. But um, as long as we get the word out there, uh, I think that's enough time for people traveling to be able to make their arrangements. Um, and especially if you know now, hey, it is going to be on the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and it's something that you want to. Um, plan and travel for. I have had some people already reach out to me saying, Hey, I need to make some long distance travel plans. Uh, you know, is there any way that, uh, you know, we can, I can make sure that we're in, um, you know, I don't want to say that there's any favoritism, but if you are traveling far, you know, please reach out and let us know, uh, ahead of time. And I'm sure that we can make some sort of a, uh, uh you know, a, uh, 
some sort of arrangement so that uh, we can make sure that you get in so that you're not buying a plane ticket for no reason because uh, that would just be silly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, th- I think that's it. A- anything else to add? We, we don't have an official ruling yet on what the rules are going to be. Seems did you to just be a say much- we don't have a ruling on the rules? I just Yes, yes, okay. I did. Okay. I on what the sure – um, you know what? What the rules set that we're going to be using is—is is it an end times tournament? Right. Is it not? Um, you know, our, the the feeling right now is that Bits has always tried to be as close to Warhammer as possible. Um, but our question is that we don't really know yet at the time what Warhammer will be. So, <laughs> so we're not releasing that yet. <laughs> Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have to commit. We have the luxury of time. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of tournaments coming out before ours. So here's what you do: you go full on end times list, no comp, basic paint checklist, yes or no, and yes or no for sports. Just all battle, just hardcore balls to the wall. Bring the filthiest filth on the planet and kill everybody. And if you lose, punch your opponent in the face. That's I think that's the way to go. <laughs> That's an option, too. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I'm not on the decision team, folks. This is why I'm just the guy who gets to uh, do the announcements. And... uh Well, I mean, it's just a massive state of flux. I mean, there's two books left, uh, you know. So who knows? And ninth edition, who knows if that's going to come out before... before We're still... still I mean, we're still absorbing the Nagash book. Reeling. We're still reeling from the Nagash book. And and the other book is already out. I, like, haven't even had a chance to look at those rules. Yeah. You know, I'm still reading the fluff on that one. I'm like, oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. Some of the lists that I've been seeing online make me not want to read that next book already. I know, right? The the, the Glotkin. I see the list. It's like, oh, my God. Carl Franz is so broken. Carl Franz is all – I mean, he may be more broken than Nagaj. Yeah. Ten attacks at weapon skill seven. I think it's ten attacks. Uh, auto wound, no armor save. What's the D3 multiple plus wounds? One. D3, D3 plus, plus one. one. Oh, he's just That's ridiculous. brutal. Oh, I kind of like it. I have that model. My daughter's all excited. She's like, he's that good? Quick, let's paint him. <laughs> Morgan's going for the throat. She's, I seriously, I, I, She's like a little rallying. She, well, she could just, like, you know, speed paint that bad boy. And seriously, she just, she's like, Dad, you just, you paint the big models because I know it's gonna be hard. I'm just gonna practice on the, on the, on the troop guys, but get that other stuff painted. Right. Like seriously, she's got Carl Franz. Uh, she told me she wants me to paint Carl Franz, a steam tank, a bunch of those big, those big uh, Harry Potter models, which is the gri- the demi griffs. She calls them the Harry Potter models. Because hmm. yeah, and. Uh, and make sure to throw in some cannons, Dad, because I know you said cannons are good. <laughs> so that's what she wants. She wants a steam tank, demigriffs, cannons. And she likes the knights because she likes horses. I don't think she realizes that how good that is. But basically, we were talking. She heard me talking with Harrison about the list, and she basically in her own head came up with the KFC list that's going around the Internet. Mm-hmm. I just want lots of guys on horses and big monsters and cannons. <laughs> That's Excellent. it. That's, that's the combo. You have the secret to uh, speed painting. You just have to cook that army up, and you'll be ready to go. Hey, and if she if she loves to paint, though. If she gets into painting models, I may have a new favorite child. There you um, go. How many models is that? We could have that done in 
two weeks. <laughs> right. <Let's go>. right. <laughs> Following the Grand Fetter method. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take her out to pick out spray paint this week. <laughs> nice. uh, I think that's a show. What about you guys? I think so. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks I, for I, coming on. This was fun. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. It has been far too long. You haven't been on in like over a year, I think, except to come on and talk uh, about If you don't count coming on to just yeah. chat a little about bits. Yeah, I think that was the last time. Last time I, I came on, I was painting hills. And you were like, are you painting hills right oh, now? Yeah. <laughs> yes, because you can hear the brush strokes against the, the, the scraping against the flock, the, the sanded hill. <laughs> Yeah, that oh was that was the Lord. last time I was on. Yeah. All right. Well, folks. Um, hey, thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the uh, the hobby chat. Because man, I'm t- I'm tired of I'm tired of reciting books to people. <laughs> oh, and we got well, get ready because another up. one's coming up. Yeah, but we got at least another one more hobby episode coming up. So that'll be great. So hey, listen. Uh, thanks for listening, Grant. Again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for going thanks, through Grant. this. Um, folks, this will be up. If you got questions for Grant, you can uh, send them on Twitter at Federus Maximus or put them up on the show thread. And I know, Grant, you're not on the Internet that much, but I will forward you any questions that show up on the show thread. Oh, okay. So no that problem. Way, if people want to know, at least I can I can, uh, I can, can send them to you that way. Yep. So, all right. Um, that's it. Episode 108. In Paint faster, you slacker. <laughs> That's the show title, so there you go. Um, yeah, that's about it, folks. We will see you um, a couple of weeks, or as we like to call it, Thanksgiving. Take care, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.